When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. She goes, I go, we roll, we go. Flying over cities down to Rio. It's Rio, love that I feel. Oh, nothing lasts forever, but I'm down for the minute, so just chill. Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go. Flying over cities down to Rio. It's Rio, love that I feel. Oh, nothing lasts forever, but I'm down for the minute, so just chill. Yes, welcome in. It's Friday. That is right. We have made it to the end of the week, 10th of February. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. We've got Rick Dog in the house. Robbie running all the beats that you're going to hear today. And you've got Joey B answering all your phone calls. We've got a big team that will get you through the next three hours. And you've got Aroha, the beautiful Aroha, keeping us up to date with what's going on. Here and abroad, a big good morning to you, lads. Kempi, Ricardo, how you doing? Oh, morena parata, ata manahu. I mean, Oracle. Oh, cut it out. Yeah, bae. Good morning. <laughs> good morning to everybody. Kia ora rātātou. E te whanau o SENZ, breakfast for Izzy and Kempi on a Friday. What a week, mate. What an absolute week. And to boot, and to boot the Warriors go out and put 40 past Benji and Tim Sheens last night after Sheensy was hoping for a win. So, uh, mate, can't be any better. Um, the only thing that'll be better is my Weber gets a gets a beaten today for the team here at SENZ when they, they get an afternoon lunch courtesy of uh, five-star Michelin chef um, Uncle, <laughs> Kemp, Uncle, Uncle Kempe, Papa T. Is there anything you can't do, Kempe? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I don't mind a, a nice big piece of meat from uh. off a of Weber coming off this afternoon. It'll be coming off hot too. Of course, it's your shout too, mate. <laughs> Unbelievable week, eh, hey, Rick? Rick, you'll be all for that Weber feed. Oh, yeah, mate. A, a big Weber feed. I'll be all over that, mate. All I was going to say, I think the only thing that Kippy can't do is dry July. That'll be, be my pick. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, it's been so good. It's been so as soon as you sent it through last night, I love it. And look, I knew there'll be one punter that will be loving it. And his beautiful wife. Can you read that message out for us, Kempy? Oh, has he come through already this morning? Of course he has. he's Kempy. come through. Kempy, you are just beyond belief. No one has ever, ever given me four in a row. <laughs> I, got, I got Michael Kidd's race two yesterday onto yours. Michael Kennedy, 72 bucks return on the all-up. I'm now over 850. I must be getting a coffee in six days. Even my <laughs> wife, who doesn't know, the horse... From the jockey talks about you at breakfast. What's Kempy like today? Never happened. Then at five pm, the Kempy one, unbelievable. Happy wife, happy betting life for KB. That's Kevin from Tikarangi. Thanks, Kempy. Oh, more to come. Just have a listen in. Six. He goes. He goes. Six fifty-five. Come on. <laughs> oh, and you even got on Rick Dog. So you're not. Uh, it's me. It's definitely me. I'm stopping them. So yeah, yeah. Got you on. got on. You yeah. got paid. Yeah, I got on at two twenty. I think it could. What did it start at two seventy? Two seventy went straight into two twenty, and that's when hopefully everybody got on. I looked at it last night. It was into a dollar seventy five. So yeah, Kempy moves the needle. Is he? That's what that means. <laughs> Kempy moves the needle. <laughs> You didn't do the unthinkable and stop Manchester United as well, did you? Yeah, might have done. Might have done, mate. Uh, <laughs> although, all, although, to be fair, I think that's more to do with um, most of our midfield not being there. No Casemiro, no Christian Eriksen, uh, no Scott McTominay. Yeah, looked a bit light in midfield against Leeds yesterday. Did well to get it back to 2-2 after being down 2-0, though. Oh, my. I read a quote about oh, some potential pundit taking over from Leeds and he said I'd rather go pick up rubbish and manage Leeds what's going on with Leeds United uh, well they're not they, I mean that's the thing like you know you, you watch them actually play and they play good football mm. but the, mm. under the American coach they had Jesse Marsh they just weren't winning games mm. like you know and it was they, they were unlucky they created a lot yeah. they just weren't scoring goals like they were you know Playing some really good football, just weren't scoring goals, and if you don't score goals, you don't win games. And release the shackle. Yeah. They got Man U again up too, haven't they? Yeah, got, two weeks in a row. Yeah, we yeah we got uh, the Leeds again this weekend over at Allen Road, which will be even tougher. So yeah, it's going to be a big game because the, the yesterday's game was a catch up because when the Queen died, that game was postponed. That was supposed to be okay. that weekend, so that's why they ended up playing Leeds back to back. I've got a mate of mine who's used to work for us. You remember Jacko Neil Jackson that used to work here? Yeah. Used to be in sales. Yeah. yeah, he's a big Leeds man. Yep. And uh, so I was on the I was I was on a chat thing with him yesterday. He goes, "Oh, it's almost like being back in you know European football, home and away legs." <laughs> I was like, "Man, you've got to go have a as a Leeds fan, you've got to have a good memory to remember that, bro. It's been so long since you boys have been in Europe." I wonder if he remembered <laughs> the time I went to Leeds United. I went to Leeds United when um, Harry Kuehl. And Mark Viduka, because mm. um, the Aussie boys and, and the Kiwi boys got on well quite well when we were up at Leeds playing rugby league, and they won. They had that that striker, that um, African striker. Oh, Tony Yaboa. Oh, the speed on the man, unbelievable. I've never seen I've never seen a striker so fast, and um, yeah, we decided. I said to the boys, if they win, they actually they won that game four 0 I'd. I'd uh, I'd get the kid off and, and do a lap of Allen Road. Really? And did you? I did, yeah. So, <laughs> did you get arrested? No, no. Because we're all known. The boys are That's the norm over there, isn't it? Oh, it is, mate. It's one of my, um, yeah, I waited till the, I waited the fans were out of the out of the building. I was up in the box for a few and we had a couple of couple of quiets. And then, 
Yeah, waited for no one was looking, and I yeah, it's quite. You can get around it quite quick. I've played a couple of test matches here, so I knew how, I knew how to cut the corners. <laughs> that is quality, beautiful. Yeah, Tony, your bow, mate. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you remember him um, as he might be before your time because you were just a young fella, but he had uh, <laughs> he had thighs like you would not believe. And there's a goal that he scored. I'll find the clip and I'll send it to you. There's a goal that he scores where the ball bounces about thirty five yards out, and he just runs onto it and volleys it. Both legs are in the air. He volleys at 35 yeah. and puts it top corner. He was a great oh, striker. Beautiful. He's a great striker. Send me that clip. I saw a clip last night about a, a a punter that was in the crowd wearing the same kit, ran onto the field and scored a goal for the side. <laughs> and they all celebrated. Then they realised it was actually a streaker. And he ran <laughs> on and, and scored the goal. It was, a, it was a hell of a finish. I must say, it was a hell of a finish. He must be a footballer. But uh, how good. Uh, Kepi, quickly, before we get to these messages, because you wouldn't believe it, but the Warriors faithful, they've woken up. They <laughs> have up. woken up. But before then, before <laughs> then, what have we got coming up on the show, brother? Uh, it's Friday, brother, and today we have a good show lined up to round off such a big week. It's been a big week. After seven, we'll be catching up with New Zealand's best ever all-black halfback, as a Smith, to chat about the impending shift offshore and, of course, his goals for 2023. Then uh, at 7.20, we'll talk some equestrian with Wendy Williams to find out what's coming up for Team Williamson in the equestrian and the dressage. Uh, 7.40, we're going to gonna sip some champagne and shuck some oysters while talking polo <laughs> with Sam Hopkinson with you as, he, <laughs> as, he, as they get ready for the big event tomorrow at Hagley Park. After 8, uh, we'll head up to the UK to catch up with a good mate of mine, Miles Adrian Morley, former Sydney City Rooster grand final winner. He won a grand final also with Bradford up north, Great Britain player, to talk some league and see what he's up to. And to round out the show, and I can't wait for this, we're going to take... A look at the effort of the week. I know you've got a good one, but I've got a doozy. So it's a good show today. <laughs> Keep tuned. Oh, mate. We, we actually shouldn't tell anyone what we're going to do Love Racing, eh? Because Paulie Moati will be listening. And, <laughs> well, you know him. He's a bit wary of, your, of yourself at the moment there, Kempi. You're just really leading the punters in. And they're calling it Kempi Tax. Not Opie Tax. It's Kempi Tax. So, yeah. We don't know when Love Racing's coming up. It might be 6.50 or it might be somewhere in between. They might shift it. We might the, shift it. might play around with Paulie. <laughs> Maybe just before Paulie. Might play around nah, with the anchor. no, no. You want to give people time to get on, eh? Oh, I'm saying that they probably they probably suspend the odds so so Kempian can't allow <laughs> punters to get on. We'll have to wait and see. Big show, yeah. Looking forward to having a chat to Azza Azza Smith, obviously announcing his departure, going over to Japan um, and playing his footy for his oh, for his last few years and going to earn that yen. So really looking forward to that chat, but. On that, last night's performance, the Warriors, it is only pre-season, we shouldn't get too excited, but the excitement of combinations and seeing some young talent coming through got me a wee bit confident there, Kempe. Mm, yeah, oh, look, I totally agree with you. I think um, the first hit-out was really important to get a, a win under their belt, but but also just to see what the depth was looking like for the Warriors. Because um, when you look at both sides, they played basically played their second string sides with a sprinkling of first graders through them. For me, standout of the night was Tamari Martin. 
we're all looking to see yep. whether or not yeah. uh, he could totally ba- agree. Basically, take on that mantle alongside Sean uh, Johnson. Mate, his passing game was superb. He does need to work on his kicking game a little bit, but just the way he takes it to the line and, and gives some space on the outside. Um, the other one for me was the rule, the ten meter rule. They gave away a number of penalties last night for that. That's going to play into the hands of the teams that are the fittest this year, I think, because uh, they'll be travelling back a bit further in defence on a regular basis. I watch one set there, tackle three, and they were over the, the 60 metre line from a kickoff. Tackle three. So referees are going to be policing that. It's a really interesting rule. We'll see how that, that carries on, but real good for them. They'll be happy. They go to Melbourne next down your neck of the woods at uh, Orange Theory. I think that's next Sunday, Izzy. So uh, yep. you might have to get along, mate, because they'll be definitely rolling out the big guns for that one against Melbourne. Yeah, they will. Look, and it's and it just talks about the the combinations going forward. You have Luke Metcalf that was playing in the in the sixth position as well, and uh, look, I thought he was pretty solid in there. The only question marks we had earlier on, we were talking about it, Kempi, was the kicking game. There's just a little bit of lack. They're just lacking in the kicking department. Whether they can relieve that pressure. So if Sean Johnson comes in, who slots him where? Does Tamari start seven? When Sean go to six, or do they flip it around and, and swap there? What, what's what's the ideal situation for the Warriors? I think I think um, Tamari Martin is is showing that he can play either, either mm. first receiver or second receiver. So, you know, if you ever look at how he played at Brisbane, how he's played for the Kiwis, he plays at that second receiver. Um, the thing with him is that his passing selection is very good. You know, it's yep. a, you say you know, especially down that left to right pass. Um, Montoya scoring three tries last night off that that shift to the edge and, and missing out the back row and the second the second um, the second carrier as well. So, I think it doesn't really matter. I think he'll start at second receiver. I, I think Sean will, yep. will lead the team around basically because of his kicking game. So I, I talked to Tamari a couple of weeks ago. I said, "Bay, working on your kicking game because we all know he needs to work on his kicking game." <laughs> yeah, and he, yeah. And he goes, he starts to laugh. He goes, "Yeah, Bay, so if it's on the last tackle, comes down my side, we're running it." <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, wow! We need we need to relieve some pressure. Well, so you're pretty impressed there, Ricardo. You're impre- like, yeah, it is only preseason, Mark. We know that yeah. we're not getting carried away, but we're getting carried away because we've combinations, and there's a few that I was very impressed with. But for you, Rick? Yeah, and, and you know, you get, I, I, the other name that hasn't been mentioned yet is Marcelo Montoya. I mean, he, you know, he scored that hat trick. Mate, he looked fantastic, mm. didn't he? And I know, you know, the Tigers didn't have all their best guys out there. We only, we had probably maybe, what, two or three starters out there uh, for regular season. But you've got to say, from a Warriors point of view, it's a positive sign, right? I mean, when was the last time yep. the Warriors put a team away like that in any way, shape or form? So embrace it. Because, you know, it's kind of a bit like we said with Tim Sheens when he was on the other day. You know, winning becomes a habit. So... Yep. You, you got to start it somewhere, so I think it's a good it's a good place to start. It's a good way to start, and uh, yeah, I tell you what, it'll be a big bigger test as uh, Kempy says when they go to the old uh, the old old scaffold city in Christchurch there, mate, and uh, play that game. <laughs> They'll love it, mate. It'll be thirty degrees down here. The lads will absolutely have a blast. Look, uh, one of the the real positives for me when I was watching that game was the fullback position, and you had Tane Tolpiki there, and he was playing at the back. He's only a small lad, but Man, honestly, when he got the ball, he played above his size. He was elusive with ball in hand. He could step. He could break that first or second tackle. He was constantly getting over the game line. I remember they kicked the ball to him. He just caught it, and as soon as he caught it, he knew the 
defender was coming. He was right there. He just put a little shimmy on and got over and, and gained another 10 to 15 metres. And then defensively, when they made a break, he was just cutting them down <laughs> easily. I know he's a little bit small, Kempe, and we were talking earlier before the show about that situation. That You've got an idea, because we've got Chance Nickel Klogstad coming back, and obviously he's going to take over the fullback role, but I was very excited watching him. So potentially maybe another position for the young lad. Yeah, look, as soon as I seen him, I thought that he, he'd, he, you know, we're struggling to find a decent nine. I'd, I'd shift him in there and start teaching him that position. Um, he did remind me a little bit of Brent Webb, you know, he's come out from Burley Bears, he's he's won everything up in the Queensland Cup, uh, Rookie of the Year, player, fullback of the year, but same as Brent Webb when he came down here. The difference with, with Webby, though, was that Webby was an out-and-out fullback. Um, we we did move Webby to hooker on a, on a number of occasions to play, and and we did the same with Ivan when Ivan was playing fullback. Um, we'd shift him in there just to give our hookers a, a bit of a break. But I just had a look at his body shape and his speed, and and just the way he got around um, the middle of the park. And I thought he'd be, he's a fantastic transitional player through there. All, all based on ch- chance though. Does chance's body hold up? The good thing we know, well, we've got someone who can who could actually go back in there and, and cover for Chance. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the other question for me is Chance Nickel Clocks, looking at our centre stocks, right, from a Warriors point of view, I'd almost rather have um, Chance playing centre and put Metcalf in the halves and, and play Tamaiti out the back. Well, he's he's basically come out already, Webster, and said that's not going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. Chance is his number one fullback, and he's put a stamp on that already. Oh, like I thought um, Viliami Valia showed some uh, nice touches, uh, like a good horse that you put out in the paddock for another year before they come back. Uh, he's put on a little bit of weight. He looked really solid. Um, yeah, so he, they are going to, uh, in one position, struggle there for a bit of experience this year, but... Uh, if they do go, I, I guess what I'm saying, if they do go with chance elsewhere or chance breaks down, um, as I think you're right about young Tane, he looks like he can play first grade quite easily. Yeah, I was, I was very, very excited. And then uh, the other side, the other centre I thought was very impressive was Braden Viliami. And, uh, man, when he looked, got the ball in hand on that left-hand side, he was very, very good. Um, and one thing that was bloody bugging me a wee bit was how those wingers tend to come in. I can understand when that second-to-last attack is under so much pressure, you're going to get a little tip on. But there was opportunities there. If they just stayed a wee bit wider, it would have gave them a little bit more space to finish. But, mate, positive signs, and particularly in that um, forward pack area, I thought Tom Ali in the, in the forward pack in the propping area was very good getting them over the, the game line. And, look, we've had some faithful coming through, lads. Lads, how impressive the Warriors. It's definitely our year. That is from Louis. So Louis come through. <laughs> Louis up. He's going positive. <laughs> Louis up. Positive signs. Another one here quickly, lads. Morning, boys. How good was it to see those young fellas fire last night? You hey, can two. see how excited they were all too to be out there. Gives me a lot of hope for the future with the way those young forwards played. The Warriors holic Zane. And just for the future, two to look out for. Young Jacob Laban, the 18-year-old that came on, he is definitely going to kick on and be a very, very good player. And one that I thought was um, a standout when he came off the bench was Malu Zion. Beauty. Beautiful. All right, uh, let's rip straight into this, eh? We'll rip straight into it. Can't wait. Question of the day. All right, boys, here it is. Uh, after the Warriors demolished the West Tigers forty-eight twelve last night, is it their year? Uh, now I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking the Mickey. I'm not taking. I'm not saying the Warriors are going to win the comp, but will the Warriors make the eight this season? That is your can't wait question of the day, boys. What do you got, Izzy? 
Look, I stop horses. I do not want to stop warriors. <laughs> so I'll say no. <laughs> say no just to hope. Look, I, I, I actually, like, from what I've seen, and, and I've, I've been very impressive with the way Andrew Webbs has carried himself, particularly in the media, and, and he's saying all the right things. And I, I actually think the, the, the players are, are adapting and reacting to, to Andrew Webster. So, yeah, I've, I had them in my eight a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago. I put them in the eight to make the eight. Yep, I've got them there. Yeah, look, I've said it. I've said it already this year. I think, look, if you look at the the sides in the competition, um, it's going to be really hard to make the four. I think. I think you know you got the Storm, South Penrith, um, Roosters, Roosters, the Eels, uh, and the Cowboys. They look really solid. Um, so I think it's going to be really hard to make the four. But I think. I think from probably fifth to twelfth, they've got a chance. You know. And I think it, it's going to be a battle. You know, I think that Canterbury will get back up there. Um, Manly, if Tom Trebojevic is there, you know, you've got Cronulla. Um, there's eight teams that they have to get past, mm. but I think they'll be fighting it out with them. Uh, you know, and and if they can stay fit, and this and Tim Sheen's touched on this yesterday, if they can stay fit, then they're a chance. Can they make the eight? Double eight, double three in the Temper Bedpost text machine. Let us know, or even better, give us a call on the Kennards Hire phone line. Remember, we've got a year's supply of Musashi up for grabs for our caller of the day or of the year. you just got to be an outstanding caller, and you can get a Musashi year's supply. Courtesy of the team at the Chemist Warehouse and the team at Musashi. We'll shoot off. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Call any time on the Ken Atai phone line 0800-150-811 or give us a text double eight double three on the temper bedpost text machine. Brian's sent a message through. So, boys, the Warriors will make the top eight. Not a chance. Brian, Brian, Brian. Not surprised there. But our good friend Joey from Gizzy, it's our year. Joey, how you doing? Doing really well, boys. Still fizzy from last night. Haven't had many, uh, haven't had many forty winks this uh, last night, boys. Boys, I'm looking at that's a B team, Kempi. If that's a B team, you know, we we, we could have won preseason with an A team in the last five years, Kempi. Yeah, you know. So we, I love the depth, love the youth that we've got, and uh, especially in those outside centres and the wing positions where we struck, we seem to struggle. You know, our pack goes okay. We just seem to, you know have holes in the outsides all season long. But uh, I think there's going to be a few selection headaches for Mr. Webster. Who impressed you, Joe? And, uh, oh, I, think, I think Montoya looked good off a couple of drop balls and a couple of mistakes that he picked up. Um, I thought that the young uh, the young fullback came on. He looked really good. I think the young Harv, who's been in the, in the Warriors system, uh, I think he looked good. I see they've brought back that boy from uh, the Roosters. Him and his brother went over there, and he's come back. He played that right wing position in the second half. Mm. I don't think there's a lot of youth. You know, we've got a lot of under twenty ones there, twenty twos, but they look like they've got a bit of experience, Kempi. Unlike yeah. previous years where they've come on, they haven't had that first grade experience. But um, they weren't they weren't frightened of the of, of the the Tigers. You know, they took it to them in that second half, and they put them to bed. You know, whereas normally we're leaking like a leaking like a sieve in that last twenty minutes. So <laughs> fitness looks good, right? Yep. And uh, we are five dollars twenty-five, gentlemen, to finish in the eight. So I've just slid a slid a nifty on that, and uh, twenty-four dollars to make the final. So because Joey's got dumped, I dumped a, a bit of piece on there for him as well, boys. So uh, 
Let's go, let's go, boys. Come on, let's get fired up, you know. Now, up at six in the morning, let's get fired up. It's raining and gizzy, but Warriors, new jerseys, new jerseys this year. Oh, we're oh breathe, mate, surprise. Breathe, eh? I'm not surprised it's raining and gizzy, mate. You go sort that weather out. You go fill some tummies up this morning, Joe from Gizzy. We're up and you're up and about too, mate. We appreciate your call as always, Joey. Let's go on with this Let's Warriors go, side. Have a, gentlemen, have a great day. <laughs> Cheers, Joe. All right. Cheers, brother. Cheers, have a good day to you as well. Keep those messages coming through. There's a few that we'll get to shortly. And uh, before then, we're going to hear from Ricardo because he's got some headlines coming up. So we'll get to that. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, building and shaping the future. We are war. We are war with terrorism. Racism. Most of all. All right, time for headlines at Bunnings Trade, helping businesses our trade. The Super Smash Final is going to be played at Hagley Oval this weekend with Canterbury featuring in both after the Magicians proved too good for the Otago Sparks, winning by seven wickets in Dunedin on Thursday. In the men's finals, the Kings, and they lie in wait for the Northern Brave. Northern made the final off the back of their top order, scoring 199 against the Vaults. Neil Wagner took three for 30 to restrict the chasing team to just 160 runs. England have drawn their two-day warm-up match with the New Zealand 11. The Poms scored 465 all-out, four batsmen notching 50s. Harry Brook, he looks a talent, man, looks a talent. He scored 97 off 71 balls, included nine sixes. So he went mad. Uh, Kyle Jamison was the best of the New Zealand bowlers. Good to see him back. He took three for 65. And here's one to watch, boys. Quinn Sunday was the best with the bat for that New Zealand eleven. The Auckland batter notching 91 in reply uh, in a reply of 310 all out. Uh, Ollie Stone's the best for the Poms with the ball three for 54. That England bowling lineup included Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad as well. Another thing on that uh, on that performance from Harry Brook, it yeah. included five sixes and an over against Daddy Ashok. I heard. Ooh, so ooh. looks good. Uh, leg, leg spinners nightmare there. Daddy Ashok, he's, he's Pretty highly rated as well. Pretty highly rated. There you go, boys. Those are some headlines for you at Bunnings Trade. We're here to make your job easier because helping business is our trade. Beautiful. And all the pressure and all the limelight was on Will Young. He scored 28 and he was stumped early. So that's been the major talking point in this because the Black Caps are still looking for someone to come out and potentially push to that opening partnership with Devin Conway. Mm. Um, so there, a lot of pressure. Has he has he done enough to maybe force selection or will they go down the unthinkable? The unknown with that Quinn, uh, Quinn Sunday scoring 91 for, for New Zealand there. So there's a big talking point there, Ricardo. Yeah, there is. There is. I think after the back of that uh, test series that we saw in India, there do have to be some question marks about our openers. What you know? What do they do? Uh, what do they do on that front? There was a lot of talk about Will Young should be in there, but he obviously hasn't really taken his chance here. Um, so it's probably not enough to sway the New Zealand selectors. You wouldn't think. I, I would imagine we'll probably end up with uh, the pretty much the same batting lineup as we saw over in India. Yeah, be interesting to see what they do for selection. But England have shown so no signs of slowing up under Baz Ball. I think uh, in their first or in about twenty odd tests, they're averaging about two point six and over. 
I think, if don't quote me on that. Now they're averaging over four and a half and over. So Bears ball is flying at the moment. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a difficult situation when they head to the Bay Oval. But Cole Jameson back in the fold. That seam bowling um, part of the, the equation for the Black Caps at the moment has been struggling. And hopefully Cole Jameson's back can hold up and they'll be he'll be well useful for that Black Cap scene. Uh, awesome. Cheers for those headlines, Ricardo. Just quickly on that too, big news coming out of the basketball world is Kevin Durant and the Nets. What is going on? It, it just seems like an unhappy organisation at the moment run by our very own Sean Marks. What is going on? And so here we go, a little put into context. The Nets have traded Kevin Durant to the Suns for Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder and four unprotected, unprotected future first round picks. So they've got a wee bit back, but Kevin Durant to the Suns with Devin Brooker and Chris Paul. Ooh, what's going on there? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, I assume that this is a, a, a legit account. It's Sean Marks Nets GM on Twitter, um, and he put out, there are some that love being here. Let's galvanise them. Hashtag go Nets. Yeah. Sean Marks, Marky Mark, looks like he's making a mark, mm. you know, and mm. there was all that talk about Kyrie and, and Durant wanting to get rid of um, Sean Marks. I think Sean Marks having the last laugh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it feels like he's gone. You know what? Uh, all those, all those prima donnas. Um, mm. You know, just get rid. If you don't want to be here, we'll get rid. We'll get people that do want to be here. And I, I think you know that's uh, it's pretty telling from the GM. He's just got rid of the malcontents. You know, he's going to build something stronger. And I mean, you look at what they've picked up, right? So they've they've sent uh, Durant to Phoenix. I've picked up Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, and Mikael Bridges, as you mentioned. But they also got four first-round picks for 2023, 2025, 2027, and 2029. They're setting themselves up pretty well for the future, you've got to think. Yeah, they're setting themselves up for the future, for sure. And they're not bad um, gains for the for um, for the Nets. you got Mikael Bridges, who's very, very good. Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, who's a very good rebounder and hustler inside that circle. So, look. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. The big three, the big three era that they signed a few years back with Kyrie Irving and James Harden and Kevin Durant that we were going to potentially push on for a title run. Well, they've finished the Nets no more and they're moving on. So there you go. Yep, you did right. Whoever that message was coming through talking about uh, Tom Latham, he's a very, very good opening batter. I just feel like we're missing one more, one more potential to solidify that top six. To maybe work. So we can just bat a little bit deeper. But in saying that, we're all still after a, a seam bowler and a really good partnership, bowling partnership. And Cole Jamison coming in, well, that just throws uh, a little pigeon in the fold. So there you go. We'll shoot off. We'll come back. And we've got the Quizzy Dag. 0800 150 Give us a call. Take on the Quizmaster and the Oracle if you get stuck. Kempi. He's on a heater at the moment, so no doubt if you get stuck, he'll help you. Call us now, a Musashi prize pack up for grabs. Hey, you know we're finally here, right? Where are we? It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ Wood. It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ Wood. It's Quizzy Dag on SENZ Wood. It's Quizzy Dag, 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 Dag. Oh, you thought you did as he and can be. But the questions stress you out, yeah. 
the quiz master is getting busy. But Uncle's clues would give you gout. Think you can beat them, try your luck. Losing, they're gonna call you chump. TAB bonus bets, they're on us. TAB, 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 quizzy. Dang it, TAB bonus bets, don't ask Google all your slages. It's Quizzy Deck on SEN's on SEN's on SEN's on SEN's on SEN's on SEN's there is Kempi, and you can win a Musashi. Sorry, I just had to sneeze right there. Oh, that's all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> Gesundheit. Uh, Gesundheit, uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, a Musashi prize pack. And we know we want to get our rigs back in, Nick, for the last bit of summer we have here in Aotearoa. Good luck. Today we're going to go to John from Christchurch. Good morning, John. G'day fellas, how you doing? Morena. Happy Friday. <laughs> We're doing good. Friday. Happy Friday, but it's not too good out. Yeah, what do you think, John? You happy? I thought they, yeah, for a bunch of young fellas, I actually thought they played pretty good. They put some good plays together, actually. I thought, yeah, it was a good watch, actually. Good to see. Pretty good to yeah. see. Yep. Positive signs, and you got to remember, there's a hundred grand, hundred grand on offer for the for the winning side in the preseason. So there is a wee bit of an incentive for these teams to go out and perform. So, yep, positive signs and some combinations to boot as well. John, good luck. Question number one, mate. Here we go. Which warrior scored a hat trick v West Tigers last night? Marcelo Montoya. Marcelo Montoya, the big winger. What about that? Blockbuster, he just put on that hat, that bump he put on that fullback. On Charlie, oh. on Charlie Staines. Yeah. <laughs> it was good, eh? It was good. Oh, to his credit, he got up and put some water in his mouth and brushed it off. But wow, we don't go that high on the big wingers. Trust me, I've been there. A la Savia. Anyway, question number two. How many runs did David Warner get in Australia's first innings of the first test against India? One. One of oh, five balls. Hey, why does everyone laugh at that? Why, why does everyone make memes and jokes about it? Because nobody likes He's David Warner. Bad, is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's the quintessential yeah. Australian ticket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Here we go. Question number three. Kevin Durant has been traded by the Brooklyn Nets. Where has he gone? Another team. Um, <laughs> uh, Solid. Yeah, no, no, uh, you being basketball, they go good. No, I'm out. Have a great weekend, fellas. <laughs> John from Crosshurst to another team. That is correct. I need the team name. Have a good day, mate. Zade. Well, Zade, he'd love a Musashi prize pack. How you doing, Zade? You're not too bad, is he? Nice, nice. What On team? The, uh, uh, Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns is correct. Question number four, Zaid. Kiwi NFL star Ricky Ellison won three Super Bowls for which team? Ricky Ellison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, can you chuck a clue there, Camp? Uh, yeah, I can. Um, here we go. Oracle. Be sure to wear some flowers in your hair. Flowers. 
Nah, I'm out. Oh, Zayn is off. Bit of historical knowledge in there, is he, to shake things up? Yeah. A bit of oracle from the oracle as well. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Mark from Tauranga, the Rick. He needs it. Morning, boys. How are you? Yeah, very good, very good. Kiwi NFL star yeah, Ricky right. Ellison won three Super Bowls yeah, I... for which team? Well, I only know it because uh, Kempi's bloody good clue, so I'm guessing San Francisco due to the song. Nice. San Francisco, right, 49ers. Give us a little one-liner there, Kempi. Uh, if you're going <laughs> to San Francisco, be sure to wear some flowers in your hair. Oh. <laughs> Get the guitar out. Beautiful. Beautiful. Get us in the garage with Uncle Kemp. Here we go. <laughs> Question number five. Which New Zealand boxer, boxer sorry, <laughs> is to be inducted? Which New Zealand boxer is to be inducted into the Boxing Hall of Fame later this year? Uh, no idea, to be honest. Am I allowed a clue on that one? Uh, yeah, you are, because you never got one on the last one. Diamond. 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 Uh, Daniela Smith? Well done, Mark. Diamond Daniela Smith is correct. Well yeah, done, beauty. Marky Mark. Another little yeah, moustache pack. Are you going to keep this one this time or your wife going to steal it? Come on, boys. We all know who wears the pants. The wife will steal it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just a quick shout-out to my PA, Mark from Tauranga. I appreciate all your support and help, mate. Thank you so much. And just quickly, you donated 225 bucks to Child Cancer Foundation, mate. You're an absolute champion. No worries, boys, and the same will go this time. So if we have a win, uh, any winnings will go to the Child Cancer Foundation. So all good. Good, man. Beautiful. Well, stay tuned, Marky, because coming up, the one and only Oracle. Oracle. We've, we try to tease it. We're going to just spread it out, but no, we're going to go straight to it because everyone wants to get on before Paulie Mwari. Paulie Mwari doesn't wake up to at least 8, 10, 10 past 8 this morning. So we'll give you a bit of time. Stay tuned because Love Racing Update with the Oracle is coming up. Do you feel the same? Am I only dreaming? Is this burning? An eternal flame? Yes, well, I hope you all took the $2.20 on after yesterday morning. Internal flame getting up. Coming from off the pace, 400 out there, he unleashed a quick turn of foot. As it did in its first run, the score by a head over second favourite, Van Hogg. Uh, one to watch in the future, I think, for sure. So thank you, Marty, out of Melbourne for that one, giving the, the team another fill-up. I know Kevin's happy as, as we've seen early on this morning. Today we have racing at Hastings, but the talk all week has been tomorrow's race meet at Tarapa, where both the Herbie Dykes Group 1 and the BCD Sprint Group 1 will probably see... Um, one of the races of the year. And for me, uh, I like what Mark Walker said. I think he tipped out this multi wild night for the Herbie Dyke into Imperatree as a BCD sprint, which is currently paying $9.70. And if you think that you want to have a little flutter, and I know that Rick Dog's already got me, he got me in the break then, I've had a look through the fields, <laughs> and I like the lightweight Maven Bell, who carries... Uh, 
only 53 kilos in the BCD sprint pain, 16s and 4s. So we'll get a little bit from me today. That's our Love Racing update. Eat, drink and get racing. Don't forget, gamble responsibly, round up your crew and book now at thegrandtour.nz. Oh, <laughs> Kempi. When is this going to end? I don't want it to end, but that's racing and I, it just doesn't seem, the confidence that's oozing from your mouth right now is just <laughs> overwhelming. Cut it out, cut it, it is, out. It is so good. It is so good. Wild night, yes, we had wild night. In Prairie Trees, we had Mark Walker on earlier in the week. He uh, trained his thousandth winner, so an outstanding uh, achievement from him. But he tipped off Wild Knight into Imperatries. So, and Maven Bell, you got a three-legger there, Ricardo. Are you happy? Yeah, mate. You're very happy with that, mate. Very happy. I, I, the money I made yesterday has all been reinvested, is he? Reinvested. <laughs> $2.70 on top four for Maven Bell. Yeah. Oh, what's, what's, there you go. What, what do you think is going to be more uh, surprising? Uh, if Kempi's streak stops... Or the fact that Paulie Mawadi is up at this time of the morning. What's more, what, you know, what's what's more surprising? The latter. The latter. <laughs> I was very, very surprised that Paulie Mawadi was up and about because we got Pip Morris on today, so he doesn't have to get up and have a wee chat to us and have a wee listen. In fact, so yeah, I was very surprised that more Paulie Mawadi is up and about. But to be honest, I just felt the fear in his voice in the last couple of days. He is fearful. Of the one and only Tony Kemp, the Oracle. So I can understand why he is absolutely packing himself. I'm speaking to someone that's packing a few yen. Aaron Smith, he's coming up after 7 o'clock. We'll have a good chat with him. Here's Aroha with the news, Bookie Boda, building and shaping the future. Vodafone has one awesome summer of sport lined up for you. Kia good morning. I'm Aroha Hathaway with SENZ News. FENZ's warning people to stay off the roads once tropical cyclone Gabrielle arrives. The cyclone's expected... Oh yes, I'm just getting myself mentally prepared for Saturday when I go and listen to the one and only Net Sky here in Autotahi Christchurch. I cannot wait. It's going to be a night to boot. And on that, we're going to head to the polo before. So we're going to chat to polo rider and business owner for the Urban Polo, Sam Hopkinson, shortly at about 7.40. Uh, before then, we'll have a chat to Aaron Smith and Wendy Williamson regarding dressage and uh, equestrian. And the one and only Azza talking his move to the north, heading over to Japan and having a wee stab up there and taking a, a wee bit of yen to boot. He's done a fantastic job down here playing for the Highlanders years ago. Years ago. He's the most capped Highlander of all time. He's played over 100 tests for our beloved All Blacks, so we'll get to him shortly. Uh, I'll read a few of these messages regarding the other code, lads, that we've been talking about all morning because it was positive signs. It was positive signs from our Warriors. Marshy from the Hawks Bay. Morena boys, really impressed with the Warriors' defence last night. Even after they let a couple of tries in, they came They came back and put some good hits in and finished the Tigers off. So Marshy, he's shown, he's he's getting some faith back from what he witnessed last night as the Warriors beat the West Tigers. 48-12 and a one here, putting a bit back into perspective from Tim. Great result last night, boys. However, we are still 15th on the table until we start scoring points in the NRL. It means not a lot. Fair call. 
Fair call, Mark. Another half, ah, and here's one from Mark. Now, now, let's not get carried away. It's only a trial game, and it was only the Tigers. And we had Tim Sheens on, Kempe, earlier mm. on in the week. And Sheens, he was talking about the preseason. The lads have been training extremely hard. They've been trying to, you know, uh, forge on. After a couple of difficult seasons, he'd be pretty disappointed with last night's performance, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would be, because he would have thought that he was in with a shot of winning. He actually said that before the game when they did a, a pre-game interview with him. They said, um, what do you expect here tonight? And he said, oh, to win, um, which is his attitude. So, uh, mate, they'll, re- they'll rebound. You know, they've got plenty of players to come in. I saw David Clemens in, in the background in the, in the change room along with Ken Mamalo last night. So uh, look for them to bounce back in the next trial. Yeah, look at... Yeah. I've seen Benji in there and Robbie Farrer, like, and the the players. When I was watching the halftime show, and they went inside the changing room. I love that little angle. You can see the players listening intently to Benji and Robbie Farrer as they're leading from the front. And, and I loved how they, Tim Sheens was kind of just taking a backward step and letting those um, coaches really get in there and and try and give their bit of advice. Obviously. It uh, didn't work in that second half. The Warriors went rampant and scored some great tries. But you saw that try from the Tigers, offload City. And I love the initiative from um, from the, the NRL regarding the offloads. If they, what is it, 10 offloads or 12 offloads, they get a bonus point? Mm, yeah, it's. I guess the, the rule changes are really interesting. I, I, I had purposely had a look at them this week um, for the the uh, All-Stars game and then they've, put, they've actually put the especially that 10 metre rule back in last night in that trial match because they do make a difference, you know, they catch teams out if you haven't prepared right um, and the big one, that big one for me like, yeah that's a good one, you get an extra point but to take a player back an extra metre or an extra two metres um, to get back behind the referee is really taxing over 80 minutes and it'll be interesting to see how I guess the bigger player because you, you, you read Nelson Asifa Solomonis' um, comments about going to Australian Rugby Union. You know, he, he's got no problem going to Aussie and singing the Aussie National Anthem. That made me quite made, that made me laugh. But um, he's saying that the NRL are trying to rub the big guys out of the game. Now, I, I don't know... What do you reckon about that? Well, I don't know if you can rub the big guy out of the game because they're big guys. It doesn't matter where you are across the board. They're big men, you know, like a 100K player is just a, is a winger. You know, so it's, it's, it's kind of like rugby, eh, Kempe? Like rugby, the the big, rangy props and, and and locks. They really had to evolve their game, and they really had to become ball players and not just yeah, really grunt up the middle. They had to really evolve with the way the game was evolving and shaping into a, a fifteen man game, going away from just being forwards that were attacking rucks. Like everyone's got to be a ball player. So I think yeah, Asafa um, Solomon has had a fair case, but the game's changing. And that's just the way the game's going, isn't it, Ricardo? Yeah, it is. But, I, I mean, I also think that a guy like uh, Nelson Asafa Solomona is actually probably the right build to be a big man in that style of game because he's tall. So he's got a bit of leanness about him. He's got long levers and stuff, right? So you can be a big man and still be fit and fit enough to play the game that way at a higher pace. So I, I, I think he's actually the perfect build. I mean, as opposed to someone like, you know, a George Rose. I mean, that's the kind of guy that's going to be out of the game. Yeah, but a, bloke with, a bloke with slower foot speed, you know what I mean? Like, if you've got good foot speed on a, on, a, on a defending line that's going backwards and you're a big man, mate, the world's your oyster. 
Sonny Bill Williams, like when he came to rugby union with his foot speed and his offload, changed the game of rugby union. Now everyone's flicking the ball out the back, they're holding the ball in one hand, you know what I mean? They're offloading as they hit the ground. Um, and it's just the evolution of the game. And you're dead right about big guys. Most, most good um, analysts, when they're looking at talent, they're not looking at football, they're looking at mm. foot speed. Mm. Because foot speed and movement at a line, at a defensive line, you can't coach. Actually, a question for you on that, for both of you. You talk about foot, you can't coach foot speed. I have seen quite a few different players from uh, different disciplines, not just rugby, rugby league and that, but talk about doing dance classes just to improve their footwork, particularly football, um, and to, to improve their footwork, doing dance classes. Can you improve foot speed uh, and, and your agility, your footwork, by, I don't know, going doing salsa classes? If you've got, if you've got <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, if you've got it, um, you enhance it. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. What's your go-to yeah, dance I, I like move, Izzy? <laughs> no, I'm a horrible dancer. I'm a, I love where you're going there, like, um, Ricardo, because when, you, when you're training, you, everyone just does what everyone else does. Mm. So that is a great way of trying to better yourself and, and, go, and trying yourself into a different discipline, a different area, and trying to better yourself to become a better athlete. So I can actually see positives from that. Like, you look at, I know, um, in the game of um, rugby and rugby league, a lot of players, and we get a lot of help from jiu-jitsu, and we go do wrestling classes, because that's where the, the game's made and, and lost, is in the wrestle. You know, you've got to win the contact areas. So I can. there's a lot of benefits from going on and tapping into other industries and other other sports because the IP that they have to offer can re- resonate straight through through mm-hmm. to the game of rugby league. And and I just think, yeah, Safo Solomona, is, he's got a fair case, but the, the case is, like, the game is getting faster. We, we don't want it to be stop-start and the refs having too much involvement. We want to see ball and play. At the moment, that's the, that's the downside to rugby. The ball and play is, is about 30 minutes. It's an 80-minute game, you know, like, yeah. so you, you're absolutely struggling. You're losing the, the model that is um, the game of rugby. So the, the better we can just keep the big boys in there and they've just got to look simple, plain and simple, you've just got to get fitter and you've got to get more mobile and you've got to be a multi-facet play, uh, player when you're out there and you've got to offer a little bit more than just blockbustering the ball up and gaining metres. It's interesting that you bring up the dancing one, Rick. My, my daughter, um, early on in her life, she was really clumsy. She's a lot, a lot like me. I'm walk, always walking into things and falling over and stuff like that. So I put her into dancing classes. Mm. Um, and, and it's a great thing for kids because kids don't care about who's watching them dance. Mm. You know what I mean? They just they embrace it and they take it. And it just it changed everything. Like, she just got real coordinated um, She, you know, with the music and the movement and stuff like that. And that sort of clumsiness went out went out the window. Um, so it's just not about foot, foot speed and that. Like, the, a, good, a, good ath, a good athlete has really good hand-eye coordination. So you could say there's someone like Izzy, for instance, let's go for a game of tennis and he'd give you a toweling up at tennis. You know what I mean? Let's go for a game of golf and he just hits a, hits a, a golf ball fine. Let's shoot some baskets. And it's all with the eye hand coordination, everything mm. just works all in tandem. Well, some people just don't have it, you know. Um, hence the reason why I put my, my daughter through dancing, because she had just couldn't have that coordination distance thing right at that time of her life. So, mate, people are always looking, and Tim Sheen's again touched on it. He's a smart man. He said, you know, I've been around here for a long time, but the coaches are getting better, and you've always got to find something new to stay in front of them. 
you know, it, it, it is, and you're always sharing, because I reckon to be good you have to share everything because it makes you go and find the next one. Um, it is like what's the next best thing that they're going to they're gonna do? And if it's to remove the big player, that's where we've got back to and said, right, let's remove them. They actually did that in 2004. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's not so much about removing the big player. It's just about making the bigger guy leaner, right? You know, so it'd be like the same in in South African rugby, right? Uh, You know, they've got all those massive, massive forwards. You've got a guy playing seven who looks like an eight. You've got a guy playing eight who looks like a lock, that kind of thing. But if you speed the game up, those guys can still play. They just have to throw less tin and do a bit more aerobic work. Yeah. No, 100%. Look, we don't want to lose the big man. We do not want to lose the big man. They they thought they were going to lose the big man in, in rugby, but the big man had to, to, to evolve, and, you know, to their despise, the, the, <laughs> the big props. I remember when uh, Steve Hansen and that were trying to really innovate and have our forwards and the big boys, like Yo and Franks and Tony Woodcotts, to be ball players. It was really awkward and uncomfortable for these, for these big guys, but they went away, and they applied their craft. They, they went away, and they worked on their craft. They worked on their ball schools and now you've got hookers and you think of hookers, Dane Coles who have, who evolved the game and the role of a hooker, He's an, he turned into an absolute winger so um, you've just got to evolve and I suffer if you're going to continue in the game of league, there's been questions thrown out that he might go have a crack at rugby Kempi. Oh he's pumping his contract hey. value up mate <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's an old trick. Yeah, no, I'll sing the national Aussie national anthem. Oh, here's two million dollars owing Melbourne. You got to pay me two million. Yeah. Well, if if Nelson's going to go back to rugby because that's where they signed him from, where he did remember, play rugby. He did yes, secondary he school rugby. in Wellington, right? Mm-hmm. Where would you put him? Mm-hmm. I mean, six foot eight. He's obviously going to be a forward, but is he is he a, is he a number a barnstorming number eight, or do you try and turn him into a lock? Can he can he can he learn those scrummaging techniques that, that are needed five. now? <laughs> I'd probably put him at eight. I'll probably put him at eight because he's actually very mobile. He plays on the edge for the um, for the Melbourne Storm. He loves offload and bellyache has heart headaches when he's sometimes out there on the edge throwing those those offloads. But I'd see him at number eight. I don't see him as a lock because as a lock, you've got to be a real workhorse. You know, constantly hitting rucks. You're not really a ball player, but. When you when you need it, you're a ball player. I can just see him off the back of that scrum. He has got a bit of pace. He's tall, so he's a line out option as well. You need a number eight to be an op- option in that line out. So yeah, I reckon I can see him at eight. I can see him at eight. And just on that, boys, uh, we were meant to get Aaron Smith on, but typical typical as a form, he has missed his phone call. So we'll just shoot off and we'll try and round him up and get him back on the phone line. If not, well, I'll just ring him up later and tune him up. So apologies for that. Uh, we were meant to get Azar on, but there's plenty to talk about. There's Warriors, they are back. They've played their first preseason, showing signs of a better season. But yes, it is only preseason. And there's also a conversation we need to be having because there's a lot going on in, in, in regards to the All Blacks coaching job. <laughs> you know, we want to have a little chat about that as well. So there's plenty coming up. We've got to remember a question Wendy Williamson, we've got Sam Hopkinson, and Adrian Morley. After eight o'clock, so a big show. We'll shoot up. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. It's time for our equestrian chat, brought to you by Fiber Fresh. Create natural products with unrivaled levels of nutrients and energy. And well, it's the one and only now time to bring back a segment we really enjoyed doing last year and catch up with one of our top equestrian riders. Thanks to the team at Fiber Fresh who create 
natural products. In the midst of a summer, it's a busy time to be in the world of dressage as we build towards the Dressage Nationals in March. Team Williamson will surely see a lot see a lot of success there with matriarch Wendy leading the charge. She joins us on the line now. Morning, Wendy. How are you doing? <laughs> matriarch, yeah. I guess, I guess that is me. Hello. <laughs> that is you, Wendy. We appreciate your time this morning. How's your summer been? It's all go. Have you had some time to unwind? Uh, not really. Um, yeah, no. It's been a busy summer. Um, well, slash spring slash winter because it's the weather is not your typical um, summer which makes has been making things a little difficult and we've had a few shows cancelled and um, postponed in the middle of them due to the weather so it's been an unusual unusual season so far. Oh you've got a partnership with your with your daughter who I, at one point was your trainer as I understand it what's that dynamic like and how has the sport helped you grow your relationship? Um yeah, well, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, it's interesting because the mother-daughter thing with um, with teaching doesn't go that well, but it seems that the reverse goes quite well, so the daughter-mother teaching goes quite well. So, yeah, I mean, she has obviously watched me um, ride a lot, and um, so her eyes on the ground for me, to, you know, helping me is, is amazing. She's knows and she doesn't hold back with the punches you know she sees it like it is there's no fluffiness or niceties she just says no mum that looks like shit you should do this and so yeah <laughs> yeah they, and they and they they've got that ability I can handle that yeah, tell you telling me what to do <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, you can so, no <laughs> hey, Wendy, um, I see that rain's coming, and I know I was talking to um, a friend of mine up in Northland. They had to cancel their equestrian, big equestrian event up in uh, Kirikiri this weekend. Um, so hopefully we do get some good weather for you going forward. Uh, show jump in and dressage the kind of disciplines where you only improve um, as a rider with age? Um, I wouldn't say you only. Well, I mean, you what you do is you... Um, you improve with experience. So the more horses you ride, because every horse is different, the more that you ride, um, the better you get. So I guess young younger people who um, ride a lot of horses, um, they will get quickly, you know, better quickly. And obviously, yeah, as you get older, um, hopefully if you've had the right training, you will um, continue to get better. So yeah, it's like a red wine, really. We improve improve with age until you get to a point where the body sort of doesn't allow you to continue to be flexible and um, mobile and stuff like that. So yeah, I guess there's a, there's a, a, a halt to the progression at some point. Uh, Wendy, it's Ricardo here. On that, um, is what, what sort of training do you do? Because it is quite a taxing sport, you know, piloting an animal that size around the place and, and having to be one with it. So is it a case of the only way to train for that sport is to do that sport or or, or do you hit the gym? Are there, are there things that you do to, to, to stay in that shape that you're able to do this continually at the top level? Yeah, well, it's, it's a bit of both um, because, you know, there's muscle memory that you develop when you're riding and, and the more you ride, the, the more that muscle memory develops. But um, also as you ride, your muscles fatigue. So um, strengthening up the, the muscles that you, you need to to sustain you while you're riding. So I ride for about four hours a day. Um, and by the time you've sort of got to, you know, three and a bit hours, you're starting to fatigue quite badly. Um, so, so you know, I do um, 
a lot of stuff like Pilates type work, um, so a lot of core, mm. um, glute strengthening, and yeah, not cycling's really good. Um, yeah, yeah. So those sorts As, of um, activities are really good to sort of help well, keep your keep your strength. Well, that's the rider. Like, if it's fascinating when you see these horses adapt and react and do the movements that they do. So can you just tell us a little bit more about what goes in and how you're able to make these these horses, these beautiful animals, move the way they do when they're in the arena? Yeah, it's quite a complex process. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and it's a lot of time. Yes, yeah, it is a lot of time. Um, and it, it takes around about four years for them to get to, you know, from a young broken-in horse to get to that top level, to the beginning of the top level. Um, you know, it's like the top level on a lot of sports, you know, you start out and you get, kind of get there and then you you improve all the aspects that, you know, give you those extra, um, in this case, um, marks from the judges to... Um, yeah, so you get to Grand Prix and it's, it is a process after that. But the, the process of getting there is, um, is again, like, like I was indicating with the rider, it's suppleness, it's strengthening, um, and it's just teaching the horse to learn to go. So when you watch a, a young horse running around the paddock, it's, you know, it's flying around, but it's mostly on its forehand. Um, and its hind legs are kind of flinging around out the back. And so we have to teach the horse to change its balance from its front end to its back end so that it can sit on that as powerful hindquarters and bring its front end up. And that's what, in the trot and the passage and the piaf, makes it look so beautiful because their their shoulders um, lift and become lighter and more um, floaty, I guess. Um, and, uh, yeah, and so that... And, and, and teach, you know, there's a lot of strength involved in that. It's not just a process of pulling the rein and hoping that they'll sit on the hind leg. It's a very long, as I said, four-year process to get them to that point. Yeah. Well, we all know equestrian isn't a cheap sport. I know, personally, my wife loves horses, and I'm, I've got a sad future ahead of me. But what does the future look like for for equestrian in, in New Zealand? Is the future bright? Well, like we've had such a fantastic run over the years with our equestrian team, particularly at Olympic level and world level. Is the future bright for, for New Zealand equestrian? Yeah, it is, actually. I mean, we are at the bottom of the world, and it's a little tricky, but, you know, our eventers mm. um, have been very successful over many years. Um, we've got quite a lot of international show jumpers that are overseas, and they... Um, They've been doing very well for, for many decades. And I guess the thing is is that you do kind of need to be um, overseas at some point in your career um, to yeah. to um, get in front of all those sort of international judges and to get yourself the required marks to kind of get to those higher levels. But it, it also is really possible to do it from down here and to compete down here and then travel overseas to those shows. Um, and... What we have now, well, when I was a kid, the, you know, dressage and, and our sport dressage wasn't really, you know, it was, it was a sport, but, you know, it wasn't quite the level that, like, eventing was. Every every kid learnt to jump, and in Pony Club they taught you to do eventing, and dressage was sort of a sidekick, really. Um, but now, you know, a lot of these young kids are coming out, and that's what they want to do from the age of, like, 10. They want to be a dressage rider, which is kind of weird and, and cool. And so now we've got a lot of young kids coming out um, 
wanting to do dressage and we've got some very good riders um, and and of course we're breeding really um, international horses um, here in New Zealand so yeah the future's really bright and it's a really um, it's a real a real sport for people that want to um, pursue that it really is but yes it's expensive extremely expensive um, and you know these riders in New Zealand that do it professionally so that's all they do so they ride and then they train other riders um, to make their money um, I didn't do it that way I um, went to university and um, and got into I'm an environmental engineer and um, so I, I pay for my sport via my job <laughs> and um, mm. Um, yeah, so you know, finding ways um, of of paying for the sport is you know it's different between riders. Um, yeah, and this this I mean, my parents were incredibly supportive um, of me, but um, yeah, I mean, I you know I made my own horses. I didn't sort of have horses bought for me um, that were already trained. So, but there's disadvantages to that. Um, yeah, but it's really all down to kind of how much how much how much fun you've got to, to help with that process. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful, Wendy. We appreciate your time. Um, Team Williamson has got a big year ahead, so we're right behind you on, on ECNZ. We appreciate it, and uh, all the best for the rest of the year. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks a lot. It's time for our equestrian chat. Brought to you by Fiber Fresh, create natural products with unrivaled levels of nutrients and energy. And, well, it's the one and only now time to bring back a segment we really enjoyed doing last year and catch up with one of our top equestrian riders, thanks to the team at Fibre Fresh who create natural products. In the midst of a summer, it's a busy time to be in the world of dressage as we build towards the Dressage Nationals in March. Team Williamson will surely see a lot. I'll see a lot of success there with matriarch Wendy leading the charge. She joins us on the line now. Morning, Wendy. How are you doing? <laughs> matriarch, yeah. I guess, I guess that is me. Hello. <laughs> that is you, Wendy. We appreciate your time this morning. How's your summer been? It's all go. Have you had some time to unwind? Uh, not really. Um, yeah, no. It's been a busy summer. Um, well, slash spring slash winter because it's the weather is not your typical um, summer which makes has been making things a little difficult and we've had a few shows cancelled and um, postponed in the middle of them due to the weather so it's been an unusual unusual season so far. Oh you've got a partnership with your with your daughter who I, at one point was your trainer as I understand it what's that dynamic like and how has the sport helped you grow your relationship? Um yeah, well, yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, it's interesting because the mother-daughter thing with um, with teaching doesn't go that well, but it seems that the reverse goes quite well. So the daughter-mother teaching goes quite well. So, yeah, I mean, she has obviously watched me um, ride a lot, and um, so her eyes on the ground for me, to, you know, helping me is is amazing. She's knows and she doesn't hold back with the punches you know she sees it like it is there's no fluffiness or niceties she just says no mum that looks like shit you should do this and so yeah <laughs> Yeah, they, and they and they they've got that ability. I can handle that. Yeah, they Tilly that telling ability. me what to do. <laughs> yes, yeah, you can. So, no, so. 
<laughs> hey, Wendy, um, I see that rain's coming, and I know I was talking to um, a friend of mine up in Northland. They had to cancel their equestrian, big equestrian event up in uh, Kirikiri this weekend. Um, so hopefully we do get some good weather for you going forward. Uh, show jump in and dressage the kind of disciplines where you only improve um, as a rider with age? Um, I wouldn't say you only. Well, I mean, you what you do is you... Um, you improve with experience. So the more horses you ride, because every horse is different, the more that you ride, um, the better you get. So I guess young younger people who um, ride a lot of horses, um, they will get quickly, you know, better quickly. And obviously, yeah, as you get older, um, hopefully if you've had the right training, you will um, continue to get better. So yeah, it's like a red wine, really. We improve improve with age until you get to a point where the body sort of doesn't allow you to continue to be flexible and um, mobile and stuff like that. So yeah, I guess there's a, there's a, a, a halt to the progression at some point. Uh, Wendy, it's Ricardo here. On that, um, is what, what sort of training do you do? Because it is quite a taxing sport, you know, piloting an animal that size around the place and, and having to be one with it. So is it a case of the only way to train for that sport is to do that sport or or, or do you hit the gym? Are there, are there things that you do to, to, to stay in that shape that you're able to do this continually at the top level? Yeah, well, it's, it's a bit of both um, because, you know, there's muscle memory that you develop when you're riding and, and the more you ride, the, the more that muscle memory develops. But um, also as you ride, your muscles fatigue. So um, strengthening up the, the muscles that you, you need to to sustain you while you're riding. So I ride for about four hours a day. Um, and by the time you've sort of got to, you know, three and a bit hours, you're starting to fatigue quite badly. Um, so, so you know, I do um, a lot of stuff like Pilates-type work, um, so a lot of core, yeah. um, glute strengthening, and, yeah, not cycling's really good. Um, yeah. Yeah, so those That's... sorts of um, activities are really good to sort of help keep you... Well, that's the rider. Like, if it's fascinating when you see these horses adapt and react and do the movements that they do. So, can you just tell us a little bit more about what goes in and how you're able to make these these horses, these beautiful animals, move the way they do when they're in the arena? Yeah, <laughs> it's quite a complex process, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and it's a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it is a lot of time, um, and it, it takes around about four years for them to get to, you know, from a young broken-in horse to get to that top level, to the beginning of the top level. Um, you know, it's like the top level on a lot of sports. You know, you start out and you, get, you kind of get there, and then you you improve all the aspects that you know give you those extra, um, in this case, um, marks from the judges to. Um, yeah, so you get to Grand Prix and it's, it is a process after that. But the, the process of getting there is, um, is again, like, like I was indicating with the rider, it's suppleness, it's strengthening, um, and it's just teaching the horse to learn to go. So when you watch a, a young horse running around the paddock, it's, you know, it's flying around, but it's mostly on its forehand. Um, and its hind legs are kind of flinging around out the back. And so we have to teach the horse to change its balance from its front end to its back end so that it can sit on that as powerful hindquarters and bring its front end up. And that's what, in the trot and the passage and the piaf makes it look so beautiful because their their shoulders 
um, lift and become lighter and more um, floaty, I guess. Um, and uh, yeah, and so that and, and and teach. You know, there's a lot of strength involved in that. It's not just a process of pulling the rein and hoping that they'll sit on the hind leg. It's a very long, as I said, four-year process to get them to that point. Yeah. Well, we all know equestrian isn't a cheap sport. I know, personally, my wife loves horses, and I'm, I've got a sad future ahead of me. But what does the future look like for for equestrian in, in New Zealand? Is the future bright? Well, like we've had such a fantastic run over the years with our equestrian team, particularly at Olympic level and world level. Is the future bright for, for New Zealand equestrian? Yeah, it is actually. I mean, we are at the bottom of the world and it's a little tricky, but, you know, our eventers mm. um, have been very successful over many years. Um, we've got quite a lot of international show jumpers that are overseas and they, um, they've been doing very well for, for many decades. And I guess the thing is, is that you do kind of need to be um, overseas at some point in your career um, to... Yeah to um, get in front of all those sort of international judges and to get yourself the required marks to kind of get to those higher levels. But it, it also is really possible to do it from down here and to compete down here and then travel overseas to those shows. Um, and what we have now, well, when I was a kid, the, you know, dressage and, and our sport dressage wasn't really, you know, it was, it was a sport, but, you know, it wasn't quite the level that like eventing was every every kid learnt to jump and in pony club they taught you to do eventing and dressage was sort of a sidekick really um, but now you know a lot of these young kids are coming out and that's what they want to do from the age of like 10 they want to be a dressage rider which is kind of weird and, and cool and so now we've got a lot of young kids coming out um, wanting to do dressage and we've got some very good riders um, and, and of course we're breeding really um, international horses um, here in New Zealand, so yeah, the future's really bright, and it's a really, um, it's a real, a real sport for people that want to um, pursue that. It really is, but yes, it's expensive, extremely expensive. <laughs> um, and you know, these riders in New Zealand that do it professionally, so that's all they do. So they ride, and then they train other riders um, to make their money. Um, I didn't do it that way. I um, went to university and um, and got into, I'm an environmental engineer, and um, so I, I pay for my sport via my job. <laughs> and, um, mm. um, yeah, so, you know, finding ways um, of, of paying for the sport is, you know, it's different between riders. Um, yeah, and there's, there's a, I mean, my parents were incredibly supportive um, of me, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I you know I made my own horses. I didn't sort of have horses bought for me um, that were already trained. So, but there's disadvantages to that. Um, yeah, but it's really all down to kind of how much, how much, how much fun you've got to, to help with that process. Yeah. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, Wendy. We appreciate your time. Um, Team Williamson has got a big year ahead, so we're right behind you on on ECNZ. We appreciate it, and uh, all the best for the rest of the year. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Ooh, I don't need y'all either. Ooh, don't want to talk about it. Ooh, like I don't, like I don't know nobody. Like I don't know nobody. I guess I don't.
All right, thanks, Araha. Thanks for your headlines there. The time for more headlines with me. A winner, Kubota Excavator with Ken Antire. We've been talking about the NBA. Man, it has been a busy trade deadline. It continues to about 3 p.m. today. Busy trades. Uh, the Nets have sent Kevin Durant for the, to the Phoenix for Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder, plus four first-round picks in the 23, 25, 27 and 29. And they've already sent Jay Crowder now to the Bucks, but I'm not quite sure. I haven't figured out what they've got for that. So uh, the Nets are keeping busy. Meanwhile, the Lakers have divested themselves of Russell Westbrook's max 42 million contract. They've sent him to the Jazz as part of a three-way trade with the Timberwolves uh, that also involved uh, some more trades to the Lakers as well. The Lakers pick up D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, which should jumpstart their 25 and 30 season so far. Uh, the Lakers also give up a top four protected first round pick and a couple of players as well. So uh, busy old day in the NBA. That continues right through till three o'clock today. No doubt we will see some more movement because all the... Everything the Suns have done makes me think if you're the Celtics or the Bucks, you're going to be wanting to do something If uh, uh, when, it, when it comes to that. Otherwise, this is the Suns crown all day. Uh, you can win a 1.7 tonne Kubota excavator with Kennard Tire. Visit kennards.co.nz. And now time for our Choices Flooring New Year's Carpet Sale on now. The Choices Flooring Poll. Izzy, I know you've had a look. Kempi, I know you've had a look. I've, I've had a look too, on, because you can vote on this poll. If you go to the SCNZ app, click on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. The poll will pop up. Now, people obviously listening uh, before we've announced the poll, listening via the app, have been able to vote. And I tell you what, whew, as a Smith's no-shows costume so far, but this is the poll. <laughs> if, if you could keep one of these blokes from leaving our shores next year, who would it be? Bowden Barrett. Richie Mwanga, Brody Retallick, or Aaron Smith? That is the question. Currently, Bowden Barrett and Richie Mwanga lead on 36 and 37, with Brody in 27 and Aaron Smith on the big old donut because uh, he didn't show up this morning. But uh, yeah, have your say on our Choices Flooring poll. Get out of here. Yeah, start this year off in style at Choices Flooring's New Year's carpet sale. But boys, I've got to ask you that question. Let's start with you, Kempi. Oh, look, I have to go with the 2582, Geordie uh, Bet. Well, you um, only have one. Bowden. Well, I know there's two. <laughs> uh, Bodie Barrett or Richie Mwonga. I'm going Richie Mwonga. I think, um, you know, Bodie can Bodie can take off and make some hay while the sun's still shining, but I think Richie's got more sun to shine on him over over more more years. And what about you, Is? I can understand why it's, it's tightly contested uh, because at the moment you've got Bowden Barrett, who is ageing, and he's still showing signs of form. And you've got Richie Mwanga, who's in career-best form in Super Rugby, but yet to probably transition into the test-level arena. And that's why people are a little bit apprehensive of trying to select one. But for me, it has to be Richie Mwanga. It has to be Richie Look, I know he probably hasn't... There's been glimpses of it in the mm. test arena, but we need 80 minutes constantly every single week for Richie Mwanga to be able to perform. We see it in Super Rugby. He beats a man really easily. His control in, in the game is phenomenal. But when he goes to that next level, he's just it's test test match rugby. So you, you're not going to beat defenders that easily as, it, as he does in Super Rugby level. So I'm going Richie Mwanga. I think um, he, he's, he's gone probably a year or two early. But from what I'm hearing, the numbers that are thrown out, I can understand why he's mm. going over to set up his family. But for me, it's it's Richie Moonga because at the moment there's no one, 
knocking on the door. We're losing both of them. They're both gone. Mm. They're both going to shoot off. And now we're at a situation where who's next? Who is next? What do you reckon, Izzy? Do you reckon New Zealand rugby are at that point at the moment with uh, the Blues this season there? They go to Leon McDonald and they go, you know what, mate? Bodie can play 15 for you guys this year. We want to see Peter Feta in 10 because we need him to get game time. Whether they can persuade him to do that and whether Bodie would go down that line, I think that's what confused Bodie. And we we haven't seen any uh, consistency from Bodie because he's been throwing that fullback constantly and then you're going into 10. It's, It's... Yes, people probably think it's an easy transition, but it's totally different. You know, you're at the back covering all that space. Well, I can understand why it's been frustrating for him. We 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 send tens to full back all the time, right? Done it with Damian McKenzie. Done it with uh, with Bowden Barrett. Um, don't see it that often the other way around. I mean, did you ever? I mean, you were a fifteen. You were a world class fifteen, mate. Did you, you ever have a crack at ten? Ah, uh, club level, club level. Yeah, you always like. We, in 10, yes, you, you're, you're the driver, you're in the first receiver role in scrums, lineouts. But 15, you're playing first receiver constantly when it's phase play. So you're always sitting up there. You, you're another driver, they say. So you, you have two parts of the side of the field, and the 10 looks after the right-hand side, the 15 looks after the left-hand side. But there is a little bit more that comes to it, particularly in defence. Defence, you're up in the front line. I hate it how they go and hide the, the 10 back at fullback and put him back there because he can't tackle. If you can't tackle, you know, like you've got to be up there. You've got to be in that 10 position, and that's where you've got to be calling shots. So there is a very a big difference there. Um, but Pedro Feta, like, yeah, I'd love to see him at 10 in the blue season. I'd love to see him having a crack at 10 because they're going, and we need to find that next uh, pundit to go through. Like If you look, you've got Joshuani, who's been in the All Black setup. You've got Bryn Gatlin, who's been there or thereabouts. You've got Brett Cameron, who's gone the Hurricanes, and, and you know, he's... He's um, played extremely well for Mana with two turbos when he's made that shift from south and he's gone north, so he, he could be the potential, but it's pretty slim. Cam Miller. Cam Miller for the Highlanders. I'm hoping he has a big season. I've got a big raps on him, young kid from Landers. Oh, yeah, it won't be long before he's in red and black then. That's what happens down there, that part of the world. <laughs> uh, they won't <laughs> let him go, mate. They won't let him go, I promise you. But what about you, Kempe? Uh, I, I know, I mean, you know, league is a different game, but you, you played around the place. You played lock, you played standoff. I think you play, you, you play a little bit at fullback as well. How did you find the transition? Well, in rugby league, it's not that well. It wasn't that hard transitioning through all those positions for me. I basically played every position in the back line um, and ended up at lock in the scrum because of my pace had had definitely gone when my knees caved in. Um, in rugby, I think it's a little bit different when you're going through those positions that it's really, really tough to make those transitions from like a fifteen to a ten. It's better to go from a ten to fifteen. You know what I mean? It's it's that way, not the other way. Um, yeah. So interesting that they haven't got the depth because we have historically always had a good number 10. Mm, we have. Yep. There you go. That is the We're choices flooring poll. Who are you going to keep? Bowden Barrett, Aaron Smith, Brody Retallick, Richie Moanga. Hit the SENZ, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast app and uh, vote on our choices flooring poll. We'll bring you the results in an hour. Beautiful. Beautiful. Appreciate it and love it there, uh, Ricardo. Uh, we're going to shoot off and we'll come back. We've got Sam Hopkinson. He is a polo rider that is taking place down here or to Tahi Kreisic on Saturday. Sam Hopkinson coming up. Yes, welcome back. We're 13 away from 8 and it's now time to talk polo. We're going to chat to former Waihora club player and I heard whispers and rumours he didn't go too bad. I'm unsure that pretty face would handle a wee bit of club rugby 
down here in the beautiful Christchurch region. But now he's turning his foot at Polo, and he's an absolute champion. Polo rider at the Urban Polo and owner of Urban Polo. How you doing, Sam? Yeah, good, thanks. How you going? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. We heard a whisper this morning from one of our listeners that you charged your arm at the club rugby level. You went too bad as well. Mate, I, yeah, I used to enjoy the rugby down here in, um, down here in Canterbury, but that, and that was actually uh, how I started playing polo. My rugby coach at Waihora, Dean Geddes, was, uh, had played polo, and he's the guy that got me into it. So I can Beautiful, for, for what for what for what came afterwards, yeah. Oh, is it that's where that aggressive nature comes from, mate. Uh, this Saturday you got the first edition of uh of three urban polos here in New Zealand. What to expect on Saturday, mate? Yeah, we're back in Christchurch. You know, we've had a um been a sort of a difficult couple of years. We were sort of getting cracking and then obviously COVID hit and, and the old events industry was was difficult, mm. but um, it's great to be back in Christchurch because we always get well supported down here. We've got a good lineup of um, players that are playing from all over sort of the South Island. Um, we're trying to sort of support the local, the local players here this year, um, mm. and so we've got we'll play three games um, starting at about midday, twelve o'clock, and uh, and we're going to play. Um, a sort of a, a high goal type exhibition game as the last game, um, but obviously as per normal, we've got you know we've got some great music acts, we've got some uh, some great entertainment as well as the polo, um, and you know Hagley Park on a on a good day is is as great a venue as as we've got you know worldwide. Mm. Hey Sam, just with the hand eye coordination, you know you, you're riding around on a five hundred kilogram um, horse. How hard is it holding that? Was it? What do you call this? The stick, mullet. the mullet, and and yeah, getting it, getting that, mullet, yeah. getting that ball, right in your eyesight when you got when you got a, a five hundred kilo um, beast gun at hundred miles an hour. Well, I reckon, um, yeah, yeah, it is hard, but it's one of those things like any sport. You know, you got to get to a point in the game where where you are not thinking about hitting the ball. You're thinking about being in the right position and. And and so riding the riding and the and the horse control is probably the key, and when you're comfortable mm. with that and you sort of don't think about the ball and where it is because that just comes naturally to you, um, you know. But but that just means hours and hours and hours of, of practice. So it's sort of like anything, you know. There's, there's, if you if you spend the time practicing, when you get out there to play, you're more worried about. Um, being in the right spot and and doing your job and and um, and and having your horse go as well as you possibly can uh, that particular horse and and then the hitting of the ball comes comes secondary because it's sort of the horse control that's that's more important because if you can't get to it you can't hit it sort of thing you know. Mm. Uh, how many horses would you would you churn out in a match? Like there be like there must be a couple of couple of hundred that will head on down because these horses are being put through so much exhaustion and, and effort throughout this matches so how many would you turn through well uh in urban polo where we play three aside that's four chuckers mm. so that's four sort of four periods and there's a different horse for each each chucker so each player will play four horses on the day um but then in a in a, in a traditional polo game at international and international level 
you know, I would take anywhere up to nine or ten horses to a game um, when I was competing internationally. So, and that would be the same for all four players on each team. So, you know, there'd be there'd be eighty horses just for one game um, at international level. Yeah. Wow. So you've got six to eight teams. I was reading online when you released the teams the other day. Who is the form team? Who is the team to watch come Saturday afternoon? Yeah, we've got six teams here, and um, there's a handicap system in polo which which is designed to try and keep the teams as, as even as possible. But you've obviously got young players that are that are coming up and improving, and and if they're playing well off the handicap, then you know you want to have those young young guns in your team. We've got a number of young up and coming Kiwi players um, from the South Island. South Island produces some great great horsemen and great polo players. Um, and but probably you know games to watch would be the the last game where we've got um, the highest rated players are going to be playing in that um, in that last game of the day uh, as a sort of you know grand final of the of the day if you like. But but Beautiful. throughout the day, um, you know, there's 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 some great young players playing in all of the teams. Oh, if we want to head down, mate, where and how? Where do we go if we want to head along to the Urban Polo? Uh, best to go to our website, urbanpolo.co.nz, and um, you know you can find everything that you want to know on that website. We've got, um, you know, you can find the link to ticket sales, but also any information on the day and, and timing and what happens all uh, at our events all over the country, actually. Beautiful. Get along. I'll be there. I'll be pitch side, mate, watching you, you run uh, right around there. <laughs> Sammy, appreciate your time on the show this morning. Thanks, Go mate. well and look forward to having a cold one with you on Saturday. Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot. There he is, Sam Hopkinson, urban polo rider for Saturday, taking place down here in Ototahi, Christchurch. Come along. It is a day to boot. You will not, will not be disappointed. Coming up, we've got Adrian Morley. We're talking all things league. Back shortly. Get our tyre phone line, call Izzy and Kempi anytime. 0800 150 811. And remember, Kenna Tyre is making trade easy with a two-hour delivery promise and heaps more. Catch all your sporting action live on Sky Sport. First up, it's a clash of cultures with the Māori Tane All-Star. Yes, welcome back. Coming up, we've got Adrian Morley, the enforcer. Used to play for the Leeds as a kid. Won a title up there in the UK. And he's played in the NRL and is one of the been regarded as one of the best. best to play in the NRL. So looking forward to having a chat to Adrian Morley and maybe getting a few stories about Kempi as well. If you've got any questions <laughs> regarding Adrian Morley, double eight double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Would love to hear from you. A couple of messages here from Richie. He's got a wee tip. Morena lads. I like Kortzian in race one at Hastings. Today, Grills pays the bills. That is Craig Grills ridden. And here he is. He's paying 14 bucks. 14 bucks wow. are some beautiful odds there. There you go. And another wee tip from Kevin. Ricardo Kempe, Jip's observation. Is Coventina Bay overs at nines and threes? What do you reckon? Mm, yeah, good it's mate, good race. I think I think I think it's mm. probably at the right odds. It's a great race. Two starts at this distance for three wins. So there you go. Good odds. Juicy odds. And the Oracle has spoken, so it'll probably win. How good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep those messages coming through we're going to chat to Adrian Morley talking all things league and uh, the Warriors well they started with a hiss and we'll get a little update from him here's Aroha with the news for Kubota building and shaping the future
Welcome back, Izzy Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ. It is Friday. Yes, I love a Friday. We got Ricardo Ball in the house, Robbie in the back with Joey B, and the team is flying. Give us a text anytime, double eight double three on the Temper Bed Post text machine, or even better, give us a call. Caller of the year wins a year supply of Musashi products, courtesy of the team at Chemist Warehouse and Musashi. We are talking all things sport, in particular league, Kempi. Yeah, mate, we're talking some rugby league and how good. We've got Adrian Morley on the line. He's joining us from the UK this morning. He's played up in the Super League. He's played in the NRL. Regarded as one of the biggest imports to come down here and smash his way around for Sydney City, winning a title um, and just... And all, all good, good, good GC, mate. Absolute good bloke. Morning. Uh, it's actually evening there. Good evening, Moz. Uh, Adrian, I'm going to call you Moza. Adrian good. Morley. Yeah. Good evening, mate. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm good, Kemper. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's in the evening over here, but I know it's morning over there. So uh, I'm, I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. What are you up to these days, Moz? Yeah, so I'm not involved... Uh, in footy anymore directly I, I do a little bit of media stuff but I'm doing uh, I work in recruitment now in, in construction so it's a, a bit of a change from, uh, from from the rugby league but something I enjoy and um, as I say I still still love the game of rugby league but I'm glad I'm not involved day to day so I get me my weekends back and, and summer holidays and Easter holidays that kind of thing so uh, yeah life's good mate Adrian, it's Ricardo here, mate. Interesting you see that you work in recruitment because that's one thing I wanted to talk to you about. Our Warriors are looking light in the propping department and according to <laughs> our man Kempe here, they're going to they're gonna probably look to add one or two before the season starts. And I'm thinking, where are they going to get them from? Probably uh, your part of the world. So, I mean, if you're a recruitment manager for the Warriors looking for a young prop out of uh, Super League, where would you be looking? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that the forwards who have gone to the NRL from the UK have, have, have tended to do uh, tended to do really well. So uh, I know there's a there's a lot of good young youngsters uh, running around over here. There's a there's a lot of uh, at Leeds Rhinos. I think is the best young front rower in, in the Super League. Is he's, he's got Polish uh, parents. He's called Nikolai Oledzka. Uh I think I think he made the uh, the England team in the World Cup without actually playing any games but I think he's a he's a fantastic prospect and uh, I think uh, he'd love to try his hand in the NRL at some point but you might have a hand, job on your hand getting uh, getting him away from Gary Etherington at the Leeds Rhinos but I think he's a he's a one for the future. Well Adrian it's Izzy here mate appreciate you coming on the show just regarding the big man in the game of league there was a comments regarding Asafa Solomona down here he plays for the Storm he's a big man and he's saying that the NRL or rugby league is shying away from the big man in the game do you still think the big man the props and the middles have a real big influence in the game of rugby league at the moment? Yeah I, I do I mean it all depends on how many uh, interchanges you have obviously the more Interchanges you have, there's there's more of a room for for the big fella. But if they start uh, limiting the the interchanges, uh, you know that's when you, you want a more uh, mobile, a more athletic type of front rower. But I still think there's there's room for uh, for the size and the um, you know the the aggressive front rower. So yeah, long, long may it continue. I say. Hey Moz, what do you remember of those early days, mate? When you come come out of uh, out of Manchester and and you know you're playing alongside the likes of um, 
you know, myself and, and Anthony Farrell and, and those guys. And did you ever think that the NRL was on your radar? No, I didn't. It was, um, um, yeah, it was, you know, I was just focused on playing for the, the Leeds Rhinos and, and we had a, we had, a, we had a great squad and, and we had we had some good laughs uh, along the way, Kempi. But it probably, if I was going to look at the NRL, it probably would have been later on in my career. Uh, but it wasn't until I um, I toured with Great Britain in '99 and we played the Aussies up in Brisbane, and that's when uh, the great Arthur Beatson <clears throat> come up to me in the players' bar and said, "We want to talk to you about coming out and playing in in the uh, in the NRL." But Graham Murray, who, who I got on great with at the at the Leeds Rhinos, he got the head coaching position there a couple of weeks later, and that's when I thought, you know, if I'm ever going to go, it probably would be to, to team up with, with Muzzer again. And uh, yeah, I was only uh, 23 year old when it, when I went out, so I was still a still a uh, young whippersnapper then. But <laughs> it was sooner than I thought. But you know, as a when I played with you as, a, as an 18 year old Kempe, I didn't think, you know, in uh, in five years time I'll be going down under on my own and, and uh, applying my trade in the NRL. Mate, I remember I remember here, I got to, uh, taken down to the training pitch and Sonny Bill Williams was training down the back here at the Warriors and I said, I went back in and I said to Ando, um, mate, they've got a kid down here, his name's Sonny and he reminds me of Adrian Morley because I'd just retired after playing with you. And... Um, yeah, the rest is history. We didn't sign him. He went to Canterbury, um, but, the, but the but the but the but the shoulder charge. What, what were you? What were you? You like when the they they ruled the shoulder charge out? What was your initial thoughts when you said, "Oh no, I've got to wrap my arms around him"? Yeah, I was, I was pretty gutted, gutted really, Kempe, because that was uh, you know a bit a big part of my game. I used to love the I love the physical side of me, but the the shoulder charge was was. Uh, I thought it was great, you know, it was something that made uh, our game unique compared to other other codes. And I don't, I don't know, I still don't understand why they got rid of the shoulder charge. You know, it wasn't as if people were getting, um, you know, chronically injured because of the shoulder charge. And the crowd loved it, you know, the, the players loved it. Uh, yeah, so it's still a, a bugbear of mine that they got rid of the shoulder charge. So I was very disappointed, so I had to change my, uh, my, my style of defence. Obviously, Adrian, you're a lot better looking than Sonny Bill Williams as well, so there was that differentiation. Uh, but I do have to ask you, mate, when when you shifted from Super League to NRL, uh, what was the difference for you, and and how, if it, at all, did you have to change your game? Yeah, it was a lot more um, intense and competitive uh, week to week. So uh, when I left the UK, there was there was Leeds, Bradford, Wigan, and St Helens who were like. Uh, you know, when you played against them boys, you didn't know who was going to win. Then there was like a another tier, you sort of Castleford's, Warrington, and and you know the top teams could it'd be tough for a while, but you could beat them. Then there was another tier who who were who were quite poor, you know Huddersfield, uh, Wake, uh, Salford, Wakefield. But in the in the NRL, there, there was no uh, soft teams. It, you know, home or away, no matter who you played, you was in for um, a full on game. So. It took me a bit of a while to get used to the the week to week intensity, but but once I did, I I, lo- I loved it. I loved uh, playing in the NRL. It was uh, it was great. You know, I thought it brought brought the best in in me as well. Well, Kevin Sinfield has chanced his arm in the game of rugby union. Now he's coaching in the England group. Was that something that ever crossed your mind? Maybe potentially getting into the coaching gig. And what do you see see the game of league offering? To the game of union and, and why the England went down and, and hired Kevin Sinfield? 
Well, I did. I did try coaching when I finished, but uh, I coached the uh, the Leeds Rhinos Academy for a season. But I, I knew I knew it wasn't for me. You know, there were some parts of of the the job I did like, but you know, I didn't get the same enjoyment out of coaching as I did uh, through playing. So I've got to try it, but it wasn't for me. It's not for everyone. But just just in terms of uh, rugby league play, I think rugby league has got a, a great reputation. Um, Compared to rugby union, if you look at the the, the national sides now in in, in the UK, um, I mate Mick Forshaw, he he's involved with uh, with Wales now. Kemper, uh, mm. Kevin Sinfield's there, you know, uh, England and Andy Farrell's doing extremely well with uh, with Ireland. Sean Edwards has been uh, he's been involved in rugby union for for a number of years. So I think um, you know with rugby league guys are, are really well thought of, and I think they're doing a they're doing a great job uh, in the other code and. Uh, I got I got chatting with um, uh, John Clark, who's, who's an ex-rugby league player. He, he was involved with England with with Eddie Jones, but Eddie Jones is a massive uh, rugby league fan. Obviously, he, he grew up uh, in in Sydney, and he he's a big South South Sydney fan. But you know he, he can't speak highly enough of the code, and it's a it really is a a boost and a shot in the arm that you get. You know, rugby union people uh, enjoying our sport, and, and it's great to see the. The league is doing well uh, in the other cold. Well, you probably know this already, but Kempi loves a chat, loves telling plenty of stories. And no <laughs> one ever comes on and tells stories about Tony Kemp. Do you have any stories that spring to mind about the one and only Tony Kemp? <laughs> Radio no, worthy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, was, it, was, it was great uh, with, with me, Kempi. I'd only played a, a few first-team games when he came to... The lead drivers, but our first game together was was away in Dublin for uh, the lead drivers against uh, the Wigan Warriors in the, in the Charity Shield. But it was just great to, to be away, you know, when you don't know your, your new signings, your new teammates, to have a, a couple of days away, uh, you know, play the game and then get on the drink. It was uh, <laughs> we, we got beat in the game, but it was uh, a competitive game. But I, Dublin's a fantastic city, and we uh, we stopped a few. Uh, Pints of Guinness going bad on that trip, and uh, no, it was it was great to uh, great to get to know him then. Adrian, uh, I guess that's one of the cultural things that you would have had to deal with when you came to Australia is the fact that they don't have any decent beer. How did you cope, and 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 was there one that you <laughs> you found that you could cope with? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I used to drink Guinness uh, in in England, but uh, it doesn't travel well Guinness, so uh, I couldn't find a decent pint in, in Sydney, but. Um, yeah, I wasn't too precious about um, about about the lager. Um, I think two two is new was my uh, my drink of choice. But uh, but yeah, I'm not as I say, I'm not, I'm not too fussed. I'm not a connoisseur, so uh, as long as it's as long as it's cold and wet and, and and it does the job, I'm quite happy with that. Mate, are you on, are you on the speaking circuits over there? And have you got a little story, league story that you you tell on the circuits when you're out there guest speaking? Have you got one for us? Uh. No, I do. I do a little bit of guest speaking, just a bit of Q and A, but uh, uh, it just goes through the the uh, the career really chronologically, and then um, and that's about it really. You don't get a mention, unfortunately, Ken. People, uh, <laughs> Barry Mack gets one uh, when when Barry Mack, Barry McDermott. We, we always used to meet at Birch Services to go across the M62 from Lancashire, and and Barry McDermott wasn't there this morning, but he was he was very punctual. Barry, he was always on time. Anyway, he wasn't there this particular morning, and then we thought we're going to have to go. Otherwise, we're going to be late for training. So we jumped in the car, 
And then we heard on the radio where last night, Barry McDermott, the Leeds and Great Britain prop, has become the first man in England to be arrested using CS gas. So that was uh, <laughs> that was the reason he wasn't at training, and that was his his claim to fame: the first man in England to be. Uh, Arrested using gas, but uh, look, the size of Barry, though, uh, I think... Uh, they would have went through a few canisters. Like, oh, yeah, we're going, to have to, we're going to have to do something else on the big man. Uh, Adrian, there's a lot of talk at the moment up in the, up in the UK about Super League reinventing itself and having to having a look at the way that the game is run up there and, and things. Uh, with the CBA down here in the NRL and the increase in the salary cap here, do you see, uh, are you worried about potential player drain out of the UK? Yeah, that's that. That is a worry. I mean, um, you know, there's, there's seven or eight, um, you know, English players down there, and you know, why wouldn't you, if you're a young English player, why wouldn't you go and try your arm in Australia for, for more money and you know, a great lifestyle? So I think there will be a, a bit of a drain, but you, you can't you can't blame the the players. And you know, I'll be honest, when I speak to young English lads, I tell them get out there in the NRL. It's uh, it's great for your development and it's great for your uh, just the experience. So, yeah, I think um, it does need a bit of a, uh, a shot in the arm, the Super League. I know they've signed this deal with the, the big media uh, mogul. Um, yes, yeah, so hopefully that will promote the game. You know, we'll, we'll get more sponsors involved, more money. But it, 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 it does look like it's stagnating at the moment, which is a little bit of a worry. But... Fingers crossed, they'll be able to get back on track and um, and get it up to, to to where it belongs as uh, you know the best product on uh, on Sky. Well, unlike you, Moz, you're in a couple of my stories when I do guest speaking. Um, one in particular that night, you and Terry Newton were waiting in the cab when I walked out of that nightclub, um, and and the and the other one um, when Moz actually talked to me and told me not to take you when the European Cup was there, and I found you in the streets of Leeds dancing on the tables about an hour later. So. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, thanks a lot for joining us on Izzy and Kippy for breakfast, um, brother. And I'll stay in touch uh, on the page with all the Leeds boys. Good to hear your voice and uh, look forward to catching up with you. Hopefully at the end of the year, might make a trip up there just to have a, about one or two points again. It's not 50 like we used to. Yeah, no, it'll be, be great, Kempi. And my, my pleasure. Great talking to you. All the best, guys. Have a good evening. There you go. Uh, yes. What a legend. Adrian Mate, what about that text? What about that text? Did he, he destroyed Villasanti in that final in 202. The Roosters <laughs> gave us a little bit of hope going into halftime, 8-6, and then bang. Yeah. Oof. yeah. They say they say that when, when Villa went down, Freddie goes to kick the ball, Villa gives him one, and then he goes in and finishes him off and splits his head and woke up the beast and Adrian Morley, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like he, 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 he was an 18 year old kid. He was like, it's a true story. When I went down the back of the the, tra- the Mount Smart Stadium, it's all sunny, run, run around, went back and said, mate, it's closest oh. closest I've seen to a kid called Adrian Morley. Um, and the rest of his history was sunny. But uh, just a great kid to boot. Came out of the back of Manchester, out of Salford. Um, him and another kid called Terry Newton, who's no longer with us now, um, and just took the, the competition by storm, mate as a kid, and then obviously Arthur Beetson, who's got a great eye, brought him down to Sydney, uh, Sydney City, and the rest is history. Won a final with Ricky and and um, loved the lifestyle, Danny. Beautiful. That, 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 that is something that I did struggle with over in Australia, I've got to say. Mm. Their lager is pretty ordinary. <laughs> <laughs> 
The schooner. The Give me a schooner. I don't mind schooner it. And you. I don't mind the old Scally. little schooner over there. But, mate, that was awesome get there, Kempi. I love how you keep tapping into to former players that had a big influence down under, and uh, he was definitely one of them. Broke our hearts in 02. Remember that? I was a 12-year-old kid, and, oh, watching that grand final when Stacey Jones gave us a little glimmer of hope, and then it just went all downhill. But, mate, appreciate it. Awesome, awesome get. Coming up, we're going to chat to Pip Morris and get a little inkling to where... Kempi's wee oracle tips have gone to. They might have come in plenty. So we'll have we update. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Welcome back. We just had Adrian Morley, the league enforcer, on our show. If you missed that, you can head to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on the SCN app or wherever you get your podcasts and have a listen to that interview with Adrian Morley and Aaron Smith. We missed them just after 7 o'clock. He messaged through, sorry man, just woke up, had a rough as night with Leo, boy, up most of the night, sorry bro. So he apologises lads, he's, he's a family man, the kids are up, so he's just woken up, we'll make sure, I'll keep hounding him, we'll get him on next week, because we want to hear from him about that big move to the um, to Japan to get that yen over there, how good, and there's a few messages coming through, keep those coming through, double eight, double three, or give us a call on the Kenna Tire phone line 0800 150811. It's now time to chat to the one and only Pip Morris. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. Pip Morris, how you doing? Good morning, team. I'm good. And I have to say, I watched the Warriors last night play the Tigers. Some promising signs there, Kempe. Yeah, they are, Pip. Um, I, think they'll, I think they'll destroy Penrith this year. <laughs> I hate lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> fine a lot. It'll make my day. So that'll be great. <laughs> oh, there we go. I don't know if you know, Pip, but the Oracle Tony Kemp is on an absolute heater. Paulie Moati has to get up now at 6am to listen to Love Racing Update regarding Kempi's tips. He's tipped them out. He's four from four, maybe even five from five this week. And now punters are getting paid. Are you a little bit worried? I'm a little bit worried. Yeah, geez. Nearly coming up five. If you get to the game this week, I'll certainly be worried. Might be out of jobs. But... <laughs> Don't worry, Pip. I'll, oh, leave, I'll leave the dogs alone. Oh, yeah, he's you, gone imperatories into Wild Night, so he's tipped a few goodies there for the Tiako Stable. A couple of goodies, but what do you got for us, Pip? Oh, your ones you just mentioned. I've got to say, she is actually the best bats in that race, Imperatries, followed by Levante, and then the Philly Maven Bell, so a couple of Tiakos there. Uh, also, Campanessa in the Group 1, Furby Dykes, the best back, the Opie Bossom factor maybe there, and then followed by He's a Doozy for Lisa Ladder, and then the Sharp and Smart 3-year-old as well. Uh, Prowess, obviously the best back in the Phillies race, with 78% of turnover on her. Don't forget we'll have bonus back bullets available too on all of the features there at Tarapa, and you've got DIY power plays, so if you want to uh, head to the TAB website, if you like something to win, like something to run top four, you can chuck a power play together. And of course, Super Bowl on Monday, so it can tell you the Eagles yes. still shave the teeth slightly in terms of head-to-head as far as the book goes. Patrick Mahomes most popular in the MVP market, followed by Travis Kelsey and Jalen Hurts. And we've got a Super Bowl bonus. So you can use the promo code SUPER when you head to the TAB website underneath the promotions. Place a bet of $10 or more on the Super Bowl and receive a $10 bonus bet to use on the game. Oh, 
love a little bonus bet coming back, Ricardo. Mm, yeah, all about it, all about it. I I don't mind that Travis Kelsey is the MVP actually, because I mean he's the he's the kind of player that could you know could run in two or three touchdowns at, at the bowl because he's just so influential and he's just such an out for Mahomes. And it doesn't matter what you do, even if you go and knowing that he is danger, you can't stop him. You can't stop him. But mm. I, I think it's going to be really interesting because you've got Patrick Mahomes who's out and out a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts, but I think the Eagles. O line evens the evens the odds. I think it, it really is a coin toss. Mm. Who are you picking? Who are you picking, Pip, for the Super Bowl MVP winner? Oh, the MVP winner. Mm, I'm going to go Hurts. I, I don't mind Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, to throw. And there's a nice a boost on him too. Jalen Hurts to throw two plus touchdown passes and Philadelphia Eagles to win at three dollars. So I'm going to play that way. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful, nice sweet up. Yeah, that's going to be a good morning. And you got a little chicken wings promotion as well for that Super Bowl, haven't you? We have got a huge certainly to have a chicken wing promotion. We've got so many things going on there and boosted odds as well. But yeah, you've got to get involved in the chicken wings. <laughs> oh, love me chicken wings. Love me chicken wings. I try to get involved, but they don't do it down in Christchurch. Well, that's okay. That's okay. I'll have to make my own chicken wings. Thanks so much, Pip Morris. You got many, much plan for the weekend? I'm having a quiet one. I've actually, I'm up to Ed Sheeran, so it's not that quiet, but I managed to smear a ticket there. Otherwise, I'll just be watching Legends Day from the couch. Managed to get the weekend off, so looking forward to a chill one. Nice work. Awesome. I love Ed. Yeah, he's such a champion. Ed Sheeran, how good. You enjoy that, and have a good weekend to boot. And uh, good luck to all our punters out there that are having a wee dabble at the TAB. There you go. Watch and bet live on your favourite sports at racing at the TAB.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18, that was the one and only Pip Morris leading you into a couple. Coming up, we've got Ricardo headlines, and we'll get our choices flooring poll results. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, building and shaping the future. Uh, yes, thanks, Araha. Thanks, Joe, for those lovely vocals as well. Uh, Gal, fueling your mission all year round. Time for some headlines for you. And I just saw this story, Izzy, and uh, I thought, wow, you know that whole, uh, you're never too old? You're never too old? How's this for never too old? Kempi, you'll appreciate this as well, brother. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers assistant coach Tom Moore has signed an extension with the Tampa Bay Bucks for his 44th season as an NFL coach. He will return, wow. right, at the age of 85. He's 85, <laughs> and uh, he's going to be a part of the coaching staff. He started as an offensive coordinator with the Steelers from 77 to 89. Then he was with the Colts from 98 to 2010. He's won four Super Bowls in that time as an offensive coach. But at 85, Tom Moore still kicking around, is he? Mate, wow. how good. Age is no barrier. Age is, you think of the, the coaches that are going around that are still part of the furniture. you got Bill Belichick for the Patriots. you got Wayne Bennett who's still coaching in the NRL. I'm trying to think of more that are going to spring to mind, but 
Hey, that's, that's great. 84? 84 44 yeah. years in the game? Yeah. It'll be 80, that's a long... It'll be 85 in November through his, through this next season. So Still plenty of hope yet. Yeah, Kempe, don't write it <laughs> off Kempe, yet, the hope's there, brother. I tell you, Razor, get on the phone, brother. I'm waiting for that call. Well, I tell on. you, mate, honestly, after last night, you might be getting a call from Shenzi. Run their D. We'll have to see. We'll have oh. to see. There you go. That is gold fueling your mission. Pop into your local store for some good value fuel. Visit gold uh, nz. Uh, those are your headlines. And uh, we also have the Choices Flooring Poll. Um, Choices Flooring New Year's Carpet Sale is on now. And uh, an hour ago, we put the poll up there. Just go to the SENZ app. Click on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. You'll see the poll there. You can vote on it. I'll tell you what. I reckon you swung it, Izzy. You swung it. We asked... <laughs> If you could keep one of these blokes from leaving our shores next year, who would it be? The options were Bowden Barrett, Richie Mwanga, Brody Retallick, and Aaron Smith. And as it stands, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you a countdown from four to one. All right. Mm. Okay. The man yep. who didn't answer his phone this morning, Aaron Smith, is still on a donut. No one has voted for Aaron Smith, <laughs> so he's not wanted. Um, but we've got uh, Brody Retallick and Bowden Barrett both tied at twenty-two percent each. Which means the winner of the poll with 56% is Richie Mwanga. Yeah, no surprises. No surprises. He's still young. He's still at an age where he can perform. And, um, yeah, he's going to be a huge loss for the not only the All Blacks, but for the Crusaders. You know, you got young Fergus Burke down there who's probably going to get uh, a few more opportunities this year. He's showing signs playing for Canterbury. But, yeah, I can understand why they've led into that one. And there's a question come through. On the temper bedpost text machine from Costa early regarding that mm. vacant team position. Morning boys, if Leon is Razor's assistant coach, it might be in his best interest to play Pedal Fetter at ten from Costa. It's a good point, Costa. Ooh. Good point. I reckon that's uh, that's actually a decent shout, eh? And I mean, yeah. if you look at who's going to be left in New Zealand, because um, I don't know what D, uh, Damien McKenzie's doing. Um, I, I've oh, he'll go to Japan. Yeah, he'll be back he'll in go Japan. To so you take him out of the equation, it really is a clean slate. Yeah, and they and they're going to have to they're going to have to go with somebody in the test matches leading up to the World Cup this year just for cover. Um, anyway, I think as you, as we've seen in the World Who? Cup, we've gone through. Oh look, I actually quite like um, the Hurricane Blake that you said, the guy that came back up. Oh, Brett Cameron. Brett Cameron. I th- I actually think yeah you know, he's got the age and the stability possibly. If he's given a shot, yeah, he's yeah. played a test. Mm. He's played uh, over in over in Japan when they went over and had a crack over there with young Mitch Drummond. So there's two players there that have uh, been left out in the lurch, and he's got an opportunity. So yeah, I can see that one. I want to see what Joshuani has to offer this year. Young Joshuani, he's at the Chiefs at the moment. He's made the shift from the Landers. He's in a better environment. Bryn Gatlin dominated that 10 position last year. But I'd love to see Joshuani, what he really has to offer. He's he's very talented. We know that. Um, but just a few maybe off-field indiscretions or just hasn't really got it right in his environment. Maybe this year's his year, knowing yeah. that the vacant 10 position is up for grabs. Well, I mean, as things stand, Izzy, if you had to select three first fives for an all-black squad now and you couldn't take Mwanga or Barrett... And and McKenzie with Sam McKenzie's out. Which three are you going? Oh. With? <laughs> if I couldn't take any of those three, yeah. Oh, which is what? A, what rate? Good, I'll take Pedrofeta. Yeah, I'll take Pedrofeta. He'll be my he'll be my man that I'll build my team around. 
just because he's, he's been in that environment for a year now. He knows what it is. Um, has played limited at 10, but I'll take Perfetta. Uh My backup, I'd probably give it to Cam Miller. We haven't seen him, but I've talked about him a wee bit. I expect he's going to have a standout season. Might be a wee bit early, but get him in there. Get him in the environment, build him for that future. Young Cam Miller. So that leaves one more. That leaves one more. And it's either Joshuani or Fergus Burke for me. Joshuani or Fergus Burke, um, who have been given opportunities at a super level, have shown good signs that they could potentially kick on. So if I'm going to pick one, I'm going Joshuani. Joshuani. Pedro Feta, Cam Miller, Joshuani for me. This is three. What about you, Kempi? Who you got? I'm, I'm sitting here in awe that you can you can say that you're going to lose three good first five eights and you can come up with another four. You know, I was going, in rugby league, we lose three halfbacks, mate. We like, I might as well go down the white and pick a halfback out of that lot because um, we just don't have that type of depth. For uh, look, uh, Awani, um, perfect. You got Ruben Love. I, I Ruben like Love Ruben Love. I was going to mention Ruben mm. Love. Um, mm. I just, unless they get the game time, it's like it hard, it's harder to get out of the All Black team than it is to get in it. You know what I mean? And at yeah. ten, if unless it's really. Naive to put a put a name on someone at the moment if they haven't got the time in the ten jersey next to the, the 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 loose forwards next to the the outside backs and get to see them actually whether or not they can make that step up because mm. Richie, Bodie, Damien have got mortgages on those jerseys. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I just reckon I just reckon the fact that you can rattle off four more. Well, we're actually not in that better shape. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I could rattle four more, but uh, you know, just that the next level we've seen it with Richie Super Rugby the test level. And you is, can't is, see the next level unless they get a shot. Nah, no. So you got to give them a chance. You got to give them a chance. Get them in there. Eh? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Get yep, them in totally. there. Pedal Fitter will be there. Pedal Fitter will be there. You can cover ten and fifteen, but I reckon they need to take one more. Just get them in the environment and see what he has to offer. You can only get a closer look when they're right there or there, and you can see how they train, what goes on behind the scenes. So uh, interesting times for the All Blacks regarding that team position. Uh, we're going to shoot off. We've got Pillow to post our effort of the week coming up. There is plenty happening and plenty of effort being exerted out there in the sporting arena. We'll come back and rip into it. We're 13 away from nine before we catch up with Smithy. It's time for our Pillow to post. Rejuvenate with temper electric adjustable bed from Bed Post. Effort of the week. LeBron James has shot in history. LeBron James stands alone to become the greatest, the all-time scoring point scorer in the NBA, taking over from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'll just rattle off a few of his career stats to date in plenty, 20-plus uh, seasons. Field goal percentage, 50.5%. Three-point percentage, he's running at a 34.4%. Free throw, 73%. And rebounds. 10,000, over 10,000 rebounds to sit 32nd on the all-time ladder and an assist. Get this one, his all-round game. He is sitting fourth 
in the all-time with 10,354 uh, assists. And then steals, he's in the top 10 as well with 2,179 steals to be sitting ninth all-time. So my effort of the week can have to go to the one and only who has probably settled the debate, has he, for GOAT. In the NBA, LeBron James, oh, Ricardo. Oh, no, I don't think he has settled it. To be honest, <laughs> I, I was having this discussion with somebody the other day, and I went, "Oh, you know, uh, Michael Jordan got six rings in fifteen years. Uh, LeBron's mm. played twenty; he's only got four. So, I mean, a basketball's a you know a five man a five man team game." So it's easier to dominate those ga- that game than, say, rugby uh, or, or football or something like that on your own. Uh, and I think MJ did it better. It'd probably be a better round So game. you think if he gets two more rings, he doesn't look like he's slowing down. He's he only played. Settle that debate? Well, he's only playing half seasons, though, isn't he? He's just trying to eke it all out so he can play with his son, <laughs> Bronny, for one season. So, like, he's a great player, no doubt about it. But I don't think you go past MJ, to be honest. Okay. Fair enough. Who right. you got? I, I, I've got uh, Duan van der Merwe. Um, oh, nice. The, the South African left winger now playing for Scotland. He was part of that Junior World uh, Championship winning side for the Junior Box in 2014 alongside Jesse Creel and Andre Pollard. But he's now playing test footy for Scotland. And he scored a 60-metre try to drive a dagger into English hearts on the weekend. This time, go Scotland. Good work from Duhan van der Merwe. This is astonishing. That is a mic drop moment. Haven't seen anything quite like that since I played Jonah Lomu rugby back in the day, mate. It was body <laughs> swerve after body swerve after body swerve. <laughs> 60 metres, about six defenders oh, beaten. It was superb. That was so good. What a try. What an individual effort from Van der Merwe, mate. He was so good. So good. Well done. That's a great little effort. What good do you got, Kimpy? Yeah, well, my pillow to post this week. It goes to Kevin from Titarangi. He gets my pillow to post award for this week <laughs> because he simply has kept the faith and is rolling in pingers courtesy of these beautiful beasts. Kiwi man too tough for them today, and Kiwi man gets a well-deserved win. Our Jumata's going to go in and score. He'll book in today, Robbie Patterson. Our Jumata. Luella Christina needs the post. They're grabbing it at the line. At, oh, gee, I think she may have just held on. He's going to do it again, McNabb, with another gun ride. Louisiana man too good. Coming at it on the outside, the favourite eternal flame, and it's too good. Unbelievable, Kevin. I hope you get a full up this week. You're my pillar of the post, brother. Thanks for keeping the faith. You you should take that. You should take those accolades there, Kempi. Give yourself a pat on the back. Give yourself a wee pat on the back. Honestly, that love racing part of the show has become a must listen because of you, the Oracle. Eh? <laughs> Here we go. We'll go five losses now. Now everyone will turn it off. You only lose if I get on, and you've got till Saturday until my TAV accounts whips over and Daggy's back in the game. But I said last night, I might get back on. You said, no, please don't. Why'd you say that? <laughs> well, because it only, got up by, it only got up by a nose too last night. It probably loses by a head if you were on. A nose, <laughs> a body. <laughs> You, you're not wrong. Oh, just the threat. I, just the threat of Dagger getting on board, pulled the horse back to the oh, field. That's why I've had to put a limit on it, lads. 
because I just tend to stop my own bank account. Anyway, anyway, Brenton's coming through a quick message before we get off the smithy. Daggy, why didn't World Rugby do this for Dan Carter when he got the most points halfway through a game? Ha, 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 American sports. In regard to LeBron James, yep, they stopped and they just went off. And then the funny thing, they actually lost, but LeBron and Lakers, they didn't care. <laughs> they went out and celebrated like they won. They lost to Oklahoma, uh, the OKC, so... Yeah, you couldn't see rugby stopping a halfway through the game. How bad would that be? Wouldn't it? Would be. It was, I thought it was ridiculous even for the basketball. It was like, just do it at the end. Do it at the end. Just play yeah. the game. You know, what are you doing? All the refs and everyone was looking around going, what's going on? Anyway, LeBron James, and you've got Dwayne Van der Moer, and then you've got Kevin from Tirangi. They are our efforts of the week. Transport yourself to the perfect relaxation zone with the flick of a button at bedpost.co. NZ Smithy coming up. Welcome back. We're going to cross over to the beautiful Hawks Bay and have a catch up with Ian Smith. How you doing, Smithy? Yeah, good. Uh, actually, it is a good day and there's races today in uh, Hawks Bay, so it's absolutely cloudless, the sky, so good weather there. Beautiful. You got anything running today that you could maybe shed us into? No, I've got uh, nothing uh, that I own running today. Um, if I had information, uh, you three would be the last three people I'd tell. <laughs> have you not heard Kempi's on a bit of a heater at the moment? Yeah, I'm watching all Tell the coming in with a, this love affair with, that he's got with this Kevin dude from Tittering. I'm wondering whether Kevin's in a, Kevin, Kevin's actually a Kevin, dude. Kevin, you know, I'm exactly. I'm worried about Kevin. Kevin might just be an alias for someone else. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Crack up. you get back down to the boat, <laughs> Just quickly, you take you take Mwanga out, you take Barrett out, you take Damien McKenzie out. Who fills the gap for the 10 vacant jersey? Just quickly. Oh, Ruben Love. Ruben Love. Yes. Yep. Actually, I'm, I'm related to him, actually, so there you go. You didn't know that, as you did you? So there you go, yeah. <laughs> the Love, Dr. Smithy, and okay. Who else? Ruben who Love, else who else? You, you would put, who else would you put? With that powerful, all that power, all that responsibility in the hands of a very talented wicketkeeper as well, Ruben Love. Oh, there he is. Peter Feta? Stephen Perifeta, very good. Absolutely. Wouldn't let yep. you down. I like Stephen Perifeta. Another year under, you know, another year down the track. Uh, I think he's a really well-balanced player. So there you go. Beautiful. Awesome, Smithy. Well, you have a good weekend, mate, and a, and a good show ahead of you. Three hours. Ian Smith will carry you through to midday. Thanks to everyone that has messaged through and has been flying. And good luck to all you punters that will be having a little dabble over the weekend. Take care. We're back Monday. Welcome back. We're going to cross over to the beautiful Hawks Bay and have a catch-up with Ian Smith. How you doing, Smithy? Yeah, good. Uh, actually, it is a good day, and there's races today in uh, Hawke's Bay, so it's absolutely cloudless, the sky, so good weather there. Beautiful. You got anything running today that you could maybe shed us into? No, I've got uh, nothing uh, that I own running today. Um, if I had information, uh, you three would be the last three people I'd tell. <laughs> Have you not heard Kempi's on a bit of a heater at the moment? Yeah, I'm watching all Tell the coming in with a, this love affair with, that he's got with this Kevin dude from Tittering. I'm wondering whether Kevin's in a, Kevin, Kevin's actually a Kevin, dude? Kevin, you know, I'm exactly I'm worried about Kevin. Kevin might just be an alias for someone else. <laughs> oh, yeah. Crack up. You get back down to the quickly, boat ramp. 
<laughs> just quickly, you take you take Mwanga out, you take Barrett out, you take Damien McKenzie out. Who fills the gap for the ten vacant jersey? Just quickly. Oh, Ruben Love. Ruben Love. Yes. Yep. Actually, I'm, I'm related to him actually. So there you go. You didn't know that, as you did. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> the Love Doctor Smithy. And okay. Who else? Ruben Love. Who else? Who else? You would put who else would you put with that powerful all that power, all that responsibility in the hands of a very talented wicketkeeper as well, Ruben Love. Oh, there he is. Peter Feta. Stephen Perifeta, very good. Absolutely. Wouldn't let yep. you down. I like Stephen Perifeta. Another year under you know, another year down the track. Uh, I think he's a really well balanced player, so there you go. Beautiful. Awesome, Smithy. Well, you have a good weekend, mate, and a, and a good show ahead of you. Three hours. Ian Smith will carry you through to midday. Thanks to everyone that has messaged through and has been flying. And good luck to all you punters that will be having a little dabble over the weekend. Take care. We're back Monday.